All right, you ready to get this thing started? Let's get her going. All right, let's go. The 352, the 352, the 352 podcast. Guys, welcome back to the 352 Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Johns, and the one and only Jonah's still with us. I ain't got rid of him yet. Working on it, but we ain't got rid of him yet. Well, we are less than a week away and possibly get an opportunity to sling an arrow. Maybe. We'll see. So, well, maybe one of us, because I don't have any deer on camera to even attempt to even go. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out which one. That's what I'm down to now. Start getting out of this last week of pattern and figure out which one I want to attempt to, uh, I don't know. Am I going to take stud blood's trophy out or am I going to go for a good buck? Yep. So, which, which I've talked about it before on the podcast that mostly I don't never get deer on that place that we've got this. Granted, this is just coming off of a one year inventory, but I don't get deer till they get hard horns and every smaller buck that i have on camera right now are still in full velvet so i don't know you mean you've got half and half right yeah a lot of my good bucks are shut out a lot of my smaller bucks are still um velveted but they uh i don't know there's a couple bigger bucks that still got velvet and a couple smaller bucks that are rubbed out so it's a it's a little bit of a mix in there but but predominantly the better bucks are rubbed out and predominantly the smaller ones are still holding on to it so we'll yeah. see which it could differ between mine and your place because you're up there more on that more of a hill and i'm closer down to that river so you mean that could honestly our rut could be different the velvet could be different everything could be a little bit different yeah so just all different terrain but what we're going to try to go up this week like i said if i don't if something don't change this week i'll just be in the blind with you filming yeah i don't know i've we waited. We tried. We attempted to wait till Sunday afternoon to put corn out, feed out, fill feeders, just to be able to keep it. I put out 800 pounds of feed on Sunday afternoon, and I bet you they're good halfway through it by now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm getting, on average, about 350 pictures a day per feeder. Yeah, your deer. That's the that's the only downfall with yours. They just pretty much live on your feeders. They don't go nowhere. They're just. I mean, I bet you they're within two three hundred yard radius of that feeder all, at all times they're they go lay down get back up come feed go they lay. got water they got feed they got cover yep and they got food source they got greens because the one where we call their scrub is in a big old acorn hammock it's big old well big oak hammock but it's full of acorns so they'll start dropping here pretty soon and then there to the left is about an acre and a half two acre food plot that i planted back in the spring which full of damn bermuda grass like i said if i was trying to cut hay i could go up there and cut shit out of hay yeah but it's got a few peas coming peas and beans are starting to slip up through the center of it so we'll see yep. i don't know like i said you don't ever my dad always told me you don't ever you don't you don't ever count your damn chickens till you got him around the neck absolutely so, so you don't you can't you can't not gonna say you can go kill anything until you got him got his horns in his hands yep and i don't know who in the world sent the rain down to central georgia here this past weekend but i oh my gosh like we were up there the whole time, and I bet you there was only about four or five hours that it didn't rain throughout the whole weekend. It rained during the night. I got woke up, what, Sunday night? Sunday night, I, cause I, I generally wake up pretty damn early. It was Saturday Saturday night going into Sunday morning. Sunday morning at four, 5 o'clock. I got up at 5 o'clock, went outside and took a leak, and it was hammering. Yep. Five, and at 5.30 it was raining, and I went and laid back down and dozed off for a little bit, woke back up at like 6.37 o'clock. 
it slacked up a little bit, but it was still just a wet fucking place. Yep. So. And your place, it's a damn, you might as well just, they don't care if you're on top of the hill or in the bottom. You might as well, you can make a damn mud bog out of your place. Yeah. It holds water. Which, granted, it's good on some aspects because, like, you mean, we'll hold moisture in ground way longer than, say, you will, but... You mean, like, right now it's been raining so much, and even, like, the locals up there, the couple of people I've talked to, and they say this is very, very uncommon this time of year for it to be this wet. So, well, you should have been like everybody else when you're planting your food plots. No. You couldn't even plant in my food plots. <clears throat> Freaking um, food plot was soaking wet. Well, soaking wet, and you got that circle pot out there about head high. So... But we'll get it beat down, get it turned over, and get it dried out. Yep. We'll just keep hammering at it. Like I said, here in a couple of weeks, we'll get them planted and move on. And hopefully hopefully by then, me or you will have a set of horns in our hands. Hopefully. So, but, well, that's kind of what we're going to go up Friday and give it a whirl. And just kind of see we're not going to try to do too much. Because, you mean, you don't want to bump your deer out right here at the beginning. So. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go buy my feed on Saturday because it'll be closed on Sunday, and go drop it off at camp. And I won't put feed out until Sunday morning. When I get done hunting, I'll run around there and fill everything back up, and then slide out. And I don't know if I'll go back next weekend or not. Yeah, I just try to keep it. It just all depends on camera. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. But you want to kind of get in the question portion? I suppose. Yep. So, before that, this episode is we've got a highly recommendation to kind of we've talked a little bit about it on this podcast, a couple of stories here and there, but the the whole gist of us using dogs to run deer. That's kind of what we do in the December January months and stuff. Once we get done in Georgia, we fall back here and run dogs. And a lot of people has asked. I mean, there's actually been a pretty good bit of people that we've had on the podcast people that listen that want to actually come and experience it so we're going to kind of take this episode to just pretty much do a complete gist of what it all consists of and a couple funny stories throughout the years that we've hunted and just kind of see where it goes but that's kind of going to be the topic of this one so yeah, we'll do a dog hunting episode we'll make somebody laugh today absolutely this so. is going to be a good one. you better you better have you if you're driving to work on Thursday morning, whenever about 95% of y'all message us something, mm-hmm. our keyword on, I, we get flooded on Thursday mornings. Yep. Or even, fuck it, I don't even, what are y'all doing in middle of the night, Wednesday night, Thursday? Because the damn thing won't drop till like 11 o'clock at night. And John will call me, I'll see John the next morning when we go to work. He rides me to work and he'll say, hell, we already got 50, 60 listens by 6 o'clock in the morning. Yep. Like, what in the fuck are y'all doing up? Yeah, but if y'all want to listen, carry on. Y'all are doing a hell of a job. So, yep. So we've been saying this the whole podcast, but we appreciate all the support, and we'll just keep on keep on rolling with it. So, but let's go on to the question portion of it, and then we'll go into that. Yeah. Hey, you see what I got with me? Yep. Get your knife with you. I've been keeping that bastard with me ever since we got it. So, hey guys, remember our question portion is brought to you by our Primo Knife Company and. We still have their knives, and I carry mine every day with me. Yep. So, Jonah, I think he's trying to hold on to his for keepsake a little bit. Mine's been hung up in my truck, but he likes to keep his shit nice. I like to use my stuff, so he's uh, his is a lot better shape. But I want to kind of put mine through the through 
through the bushes and then whenever we get down to the end of it like i said he's going to have a, a memory and i'm going to have something i broke the damn blade out of trying to use as a screwdriver but at least we both got our uses out of them and like i said i've been using the shit out of mine i don't i carry mine every day with me now yep which um we've posted a couple of pictures and um he's actually texted me over the owner of primo's knives he actually <clears throat> texted me over the kind of the descriptions on what what our knife is, blade length, and then pretty much what kind of handles he used and everything in the metal that he used. So if anybody's got any questions or something, just shoot us a message over on Instagram and we'll send you that information over and also send you his contact. And if you like what he has, you can definitely order you a knife too. And so we kind of, Jesse's been using his and I haven't really got to use mine just yet, but well, I'll get it out here before too long. Oh yeah, I'm going, like I said, it might be a screwdriver, pry bar, knife, self-defense you never know absolutely well, you i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna take it to georgia with me this weekend yeah if we if we shish kebab one then i might need one to clean it out so i'm gonna keep using mine like i said the primo knife is he builds a hell of a knife i'll oh, give absolutely. that to him so much is heavy and it's thick the blade's yeah. thick yeah i don't know if you're gonna break this thing it's i mean it's pretty stout so yeah, it's it's a man of a knife yep absolutely so all right so first question this week um kind of went back through because i know we've kind of just surface the top of a lot of our questions and i went back through and got two questions that i actually looked over it was like at the bottom and i didn't get to see them so we'll go back through them and then we'll roll into some new questions so the first one is will you take a frontal brisket shot with a bow like if he's standing head on to me it's that's that that's the question it's very vague so. he's standing head on to me i will send it to the pump station yeah um you mean i would love that broadside shot that's what you're always going to want you're going to want to tuck it right in behind that shoulder but you mean and it all depends on where you're hunting at too i feel too you mean if you're hunting public land and it's like last day last option you mean send it yeah i won't if it comes this weekend because there's two or three of them deer that like to stand there and stare at you he's standing there and stares at you. I, and i'm also going to tell you right now if some old bitchy ass becky out there goes blowing at me i'm going to fold her up like cheap lawn furniture. Yep. You gonna you gonna find her at the clearance aisle of Walmart. <laughs> yeah, that's because I can't stand a bitch gonna blow. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And I've passed on those before. And like, okay, I'm not gonna shoot you. And then all of a sudden they go to leave, and then they start start blowing stuff. And well, I gave you, you an opportunity to leave peacefully. You should have just walked away. Yeah. So, but, but no, I'll, I'll um, like you said though, it's all. If it's getting dark on you and it's getting last light, you don't have many options, and you're like, shit, this is a good deer. I've got a chance right now to kill one. If you're shooting, if you're comfortable, if you're a comfortable human. Now, would I try to stick it straight down the center if I wasn't? Not necessarily because you will split the lungs. But I would left or right and catch one of them because you can full bore one of them lungs with a, with one. Like we shoot those Ramcat 125 grains. You stick one of those in that pump house right there, it's it's all over with. Absolutely. He ain't toting that off. Nope. So it's kind of just personal preference, but you mean granted it's a it's a very low percentage that I would want to <laughs> take that shot, but if it comes down like just circumstances I feel like Oh yeah, I'm like old Ted Nugent. I'll throw any I'll throw something at anything. Or old Brett Arrow, Kip Campbell. Old Kip Campbell. Yep. So I think you'll you'll get a kind of a descriptional answer out of this one from jesse because he's got a little bit of experience and he don't even know the question so this is going to be a good one what should you look for when you're joining a lease 
Success rate. Yep. Rules and success rate. Show me the deer that you're killing out of here. Yep. And what are the rules? And I even think you can go a little bit farther and say, you I mean, depends on what kind of lease you're on. If you're in one of them independent kind of leases. Quality where, of people. Yep. And also, if you're in, you're going into one where it's very independent, where, like, people have their own cameras. I don't know. But if you run, like, a community cameras and stuff on a place, you need to look and see what kind of deer you have on the place before you even get on it. Because it doesn't really matter. Yeah, granted, you can look at what they've killed, mm-hmm. which that'll be your genetics there. But you got to see if they've just wiped everything out or there's still good deer on that place. Yeah. What is their program in there? Yeah. So. And what's the layout of the land, too? Because, I mean, is it just a straight, just from one end to the other, just a straight pine block? There's no other features to it. you got to kind of look at that, too. Is there diversity in your property that will hold multiple groups of deer? What was the question again? Well... Mom. What should you look for when you join a lease? I'll tell y'all. I'll make it as short as I can. Jonathan already knows this. That's why I said you'll have a very. Colorful I'll make life. it as short as I can. Whenever I was a kid, my dad, my grandpa, and my uncle and my older cousin all got on a lease in Georgia. They were. It was a privately owned. It was at that time it was eight hundred acres. There was two different sides of the road, and. We had that 800 acres. That was all I ever knew. That was my place. That was where I killed my first deer. I killed my first eight point, killed my first turkey. I've killed my first of everything on this place, piece of property. My dad, like I said, it was a family. It was very sentimental to us. And we, as the years gone on and some members moved out, it was, my dad was, my backstory, my dad is a retired lieutenant at a city of st cloud for the fire department so a lot of the guys down there that were firefighters got on with us and was you know it was always family and he we had this place for a long time and it would belong to an old man that had it as a life estate when he died it went to three daughters and then what the three daughters did with it from there who knows and we had it for probably 10 15 years did everything we could there the last couple of years the price started it was back in 2008 2010 when the economy got really bad and the guys couldn't really afford that was when ever all the guys were trying to survive off of their fire department checks mm-hmm. and they couldn't make the lease so we wind up going from like eight members to like 12 members on 800 acres and we still tried to keep it low but Anyways, it got a few guys in the group that were not necessarily good people. And luckily, luckily, unluckily, at that time, we were getting the other place that we are on now. My grandpa had leased that place as just a backup for us. And that's how we got over there with the Grimes. And it was 100 acres. It was just something for my grandpa to go hunt. Maybe the grandkids for us to go there and hunt. This little, you know, nothing major. Never going to make anything major out of it. And it's literally less than a mile. It's probably a half a mile from that big lease. And we, whenever the old man died, it went to the daughters. The daughters all sold it to, and they sold both sides of the road. It was 1,800 acres conjoined. And they sold all of it to the a local in town that was a window guy window manufacturer and old david grimes used to work for him mm-hmm. they go around to like hotels motels and install windows 
Anyway, that guy had it for about two, three years. He didn't pay nothing for it. He paid dirt, dirt cheap for it. I think he gave each daughter like, I don't know, I think sixty-five, sixty-eight thousand dollars a piece for eighteen hundred acres. And he kept it for I think two and a half, three years, and then a timber company, Roosevelt Roosevelt Timber, come in there and bought it. When they bought it, my uncle at the time, which was in still good standings with us told my dad about it and said hey you need to call on this they just bought it you can lease this place back both sides of the road at this time and my dad's like well i i don't don't give two shits about being a lease president i don't want nothing to do with it yada 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 so he, he forwarded number on to his buddy buck and buck calls we lease it back we get it it's on a you know an increased program yada 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 well we need for both sides we need like eight or ten members now they're wanting to keep the member count still low but a lot of the old guys they're like my grandpa's passed away my dad he went got on it but got on it you know like chad he couldn't get on it stuff like that so we got a lot of uh, new guys well there was a couple cops down there work for a city of st cloud or osceola county that got on it which was cool and all i believe they're good people no, I ain't gonna lie to you. They're fucking shitbags. But, <laughs> but they got on there, and the first couple years was good. When my dad said, "You know what? I'm not killing enough deer out of here, so I'm gonna let Jesse take my lease over." So I took the lease over as a sentimental value thing. I killed my first deer there. Cecily's killed her first deer there. My dad. I mean, it's just the sentimental thing. I know the place like the back of my hand. I know where to find deer. But again, it belongs to our timber company, and we lined up. Stayed there for that first year that I had it, and I ain't gonna lie to you. I think between me, Cecily, and my dad, we killed eight bucks out of there. Eight or nine bucks. No, I take that back. We killed five bucks and three does out of there. That's right. Yep. So we each, me and my dad both killed two bucks a piece, and then Cecily killed one. And it was a good year, but them guys couldn't stand it because I was killing good bucks. My dad was killing good bucks. And we weren't doing anything any different than anybody else. And it, it got they got upset because I wouldn't tell them where all the deer were. Well, they started finding where I was hunting, which I was just hunting just basic spots. I wouldn't get... And I knew it was going south whenever they started hanging their camera on the same tree that I had my camera on. And they wouldn't say anything to me. They just... I'd come in there and there would be a cell camera hanging literally six inches above my camera and i told him where it was i'm not trying to hide anything from them and mm -hmm. it got through december right there they couldn't take it because i wouldn't pay for their food plots i wouldn't pay they wanted me they had their own camp there they wanted me to pay half of their power bill half of their water bill half of everything at camp well, i me and my dad have our own place yeah so i don't have anything affiliated with their camp mm -hmm. and they want me to pay into the pot to take care of their camp. And I refused to do that. And we just couldn't see eye to eye. And, and it was one of them things of one of those the guys named Spencer. I, I, don't, I don't know what his last name is. But he wound up calling the timber company. And with them, it's a majority vote. And he wound up actually kicking me and the president of the club out and wouldn't even let us finish out our turkey season or anything in there, they said. And they, he basically said, hey, you've, we've voted as a club and you're out. And ever since then, which there was a ton of junk bucks in there. I mean, some garbage in there. And we took, that's like Cecily's first buck. First couple bucks Cecily ever killed was just junk bucks that they needed to go out of there. It was good practice buck. You know, I always call it, it's a good woman or child buck for 
practice, confidence builder, stuff like that. And and they they just frowned up. We couldn't get along, and it was one of those people things. And there was good bucks in there, but they wouldn't let them. They wouldn't shoot. They wouldn't shoot a shit buck that come in there, and they would shoot a damn little basket rack six point because he was symmetrical, but he wasn't ten inches wide. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's they. He even told me the one the guy that got us kicked out. He told me he says, "Well, I learned everything off of YouTube. YouTube taught me how to hunt." Yeah. So I don't. It's. I'm gonna get off that subject, but yeah, we don't. But the way I look at it, the best thing that ever happened to us was that. In yeah. a positive note, because then we put all of our soul, heart, and focus into that hundred acres, which now we've turned it into two hundred and sixty-six acres. And I guarantee you, we kill better deer off of that 266 acres than they do on 1,800 acres. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we've, it's just proof. I mean, we killed five outstanding deer last year between the three of us. Mm-hmm. And I killed 11 point and an 8 point. My dad killed two eights and Sam killed her big eight. And yeah. you can't, you, you just can't complain on that. No. And that's, that's kind of where, that's another thing you really look for when you're looking at a lease. Just look at your members. Look at what, how they structure it and the rules and regulations and stuff like that. So it's all, and a lot of things when you get on these timber tracks and stuff like that, they got insurances and you can't bring this person. You can't bring this person. You can't, you can't even have them on the place. And it's just, I mean, there's a lot of rules and regulations when you get into them. So yeah. And granted now, cause like I said, it's less than a half a mile or mile from our place. That place is flat. Yeah. They have logged hundreds of... Any any hardwood standing timber in there is gone. Yeah. You can, like I said, you can ask, ask anybody up there. John, anybody that's been by there, that place, they have they have raked that place flat, and they have planted it back. Now, there is some standing pines in there that they have planted back a few years ago whenever they took the place over. They planted some pines back in there. But any kind of hardwood bottom, they leave like a 25 or 50 foot buffer where any live stream water is. Outside of that, it is a flat desert in that whole place. Yep. So, like I said, it's, you know, the good Lord takes care of its own problems. Yep. And that's another thing, too. That's one thing to look for is, especially if it is a, even if it's a private own and they're having the property for a timber investment, you need to see where that timber's at. And I knew this from first hand experience because when you drive all the way up from here which is like five and a half hours to that place that i had and you get up there that friday night go to bed get up next morning go out there and the whole place looks just like a pasture with all the trees cut off on it i mean the whole place that's what it was was pines they cut everything so they flattened that place y'all had yep so that that ruined that season on that track of land for us so definitely look at far as yeah what is their intentions yep and that's like one of the things where there's a, there's a contractor here in Claremont that's local that we do a lot of work with him, you know, Rick Marchand. He's got a place there just south of us in Jacksonville. Not not big Jacksonville. It's a little, it got, it's got a gas station in it, Jacksonville. Yeah. And he's got a place in there and he put a three-year lease on it. He signed a lease on his three-year lease and then it wasn't about six weeks later after he went and put all the food plots there and landed there and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut timber off this place. Probably end of this year or first to next. Yeah. He's like, well, shit you should have told me something yep. so oh yeah well luckily enough we don't have to deal with that problem at this point because my dad just purchased that one that we're on up there so if somebody's in there cutting timber somebody's got a lot of explaining to do they got a lot of explaining to do yep so well that kind of 
was a pretty lengthy question there so you mean we'll have more to come up next week so definitely thanks to primo's nice for sponsoring that and i think we can go ahead and go on into our topic for the week yeah so one other thing we this week we are going to be giving away a florida legacy hat stickers and koozies so we'll get that up on our instagram show you what we're giving away definitely listen for the keyword we'll throw it in here some somewhere in this episode and we'll just keep this thing rolling i mean we've got a lot of stuff coming we've only this will be week number four that we've done this giveaway and i mean we'll just we got a lot of stuff i think right now we're up to not our stuff other people's stuff i think we're at like 10 9 10 weeks right now so we we've still got five six more we gotta figure out whenever shithead and shithead junior coming up to do the giveaway yep we're gonna do that probably live yeah that'll probably be sometime december first of january something like that so yeah that'll be a fun one there yeah so which what he's talking about is old um dc sims that he's gonna be doing the gi- giveaway for the deer mount he we're gonna try to get him up here and we're gonna do a podcast with him whenever we announce the giveaway so for the deer mount so that'll be like i said we're gonna shoot for the end of december just trying to get scheduling all together and i think we're going to try to get mark from lower florida on here so that it could just be a real good podcast for talk about their work with the state for the forest or the swift mud there that they work and stuff and then we'll just do the giveaway too so definitely watch our instagram and we'll kind of announce that as soon as possible we're just trying to get dates and stuff lined up with them guys yeah i've seen where as you showed me the other day where uh dc sims was working on some deer God damn, he does. The damn things look good. Oh, yeah. He does some good work. So He he loves them for the deer, and that's what he specializes in. I'm telling you, he does. Them deer he's working on, are, they, they are A1. I like I like the guy that we use. We've used him for years, but if I kill a really good Florida deer, he's going to have to probably go to D.C. Yep, absolutely. So, well, let's go ahead and get into this portion where, like I said, we're going to talk about dog hunting and how everything that goes into it. If you are curious of how it all works, I think this would be a good episode. record deer season and i'm hooked let me shoot and miss one right out of the gate katie bark damn doors i'm coming for you and bill case that's not every my season is over seven yards you better hold it like a rifle honey hoping for a double bad year all right you ready i suppose all right well this is Kind of our topic for this week is, like we said before, about us running dogs. Oh, yeah. I know you've been waiting for this one, ain't you? Yep. Well, we got some funny stories. Oh, you have the funny stories. No. Well, that's kind of how my life... If, if my life had chaos in it, I don't, I don't... If my life didn't have chaos in it, I don't know how I would function. Absolutely. I mean, we just sitting here a minute ago, my damn grandma comes skirting sideways... In the back of the barn, comes up here and goes, Hey, my check engine light comes on in my car. She got a fucking brand new damn CRV. She done drove into a trailer hitch at the trailer hitch store, she told me. Fucked up the side of it. It's five years older, just got 30,000 miles on it. Check engine light. I'm like, Look, oil's good, water's good, send it. Yeah. So that's, that's my typical day. Yeah. So I think how we're going to do this is we've got a lot of questions on how we, how it all operates and then. <clears throat> pretty much what's the gist of it and then 
because there's a lot of people that just have absolutely no idea how it works. So, and which you've only for say been into it for, I mean, five years or so now. At the most, because in the first couple of years, I was only allowed to go ride whenever you were didn't have a rider with you. Yeah. So you would go the first probably two years. You went a handful of times between the two years, and then you just started. And then I think probably for three years, I think you rode with me. And then finally, this last year, you were like, "All right, I'm going to get my own truck, and I'm going to have my own stuff." And so, which is it's helped a lot that you've kind of added another truck down there because there for the longest time was just me and my dad. Yeah. And you would ride with me. I've so. either shot at or shot two deer in two years, so. Yeah. It makes it interesting. Yep. So after this it's one of the things you learn as you go. Now I keep an ammo cannon in the backseat of my truck <laughs> oh. full of bullets. Yep. So we'll go with that story. We'll we'll get the gist of it here and we'll we'll kinda just <clears throat> skim the top of how it all operates and then we'll start telling a couple of the stories because I feel like if we tell the stories right up front Nobody's no, gonna want to listen to how the hell it operates. No. They're gonna go, What the fuck are you idiots doing? Yeah. So Kind of how it all, we have a place down here that's a management area that's like 50,000 acres that's within two miles of the house, and we can just drive down there. It's just easy. It's simple. Yep. Granted, there's not a whole lot of deer down there. I mean, there's a decent amount, but it's not like no, it's not like you're on a lease or something like that that's just abundant to deer. So, you I mean, it? you'll go down there some days, and you just won't do a whole lot. But granted, you go sit in tree stands some days, and you just don't see nothing. So... Mm-hmm. Kind of how it all starts is you try to get down there as early as possible and just we all kind of split up. We all go different ways when we first get down there and how we hunt. And there's two ways of hunting. There's either you can, you can track hunt or you can cast dogs. And we try to do mostly track, but when you get later on the days, you don't have any tracks to turn dogs out on. We'll just cast dogs. Cast them out there in good spots. Yep. So we'll go down there and we'll all kind of just fan out that first 30, 45 minutes of the, even before daylight, we'll ride and look and we'll look for where deers cross the road throughout the night and we'll all kind of get together and go, okay, well, I've got the, I mean, generally, it don't matter where you're at, generally a buck has a lot bigger foot than a doe does. So kind of look around and see who has the biggest track just cross the road and go hey let's let's put the dogs out on this so we'll all get circled around a block and we'll put dogs out on that that track and what the gist is that will the dogs will go out there and trail where that deer walked and then they'll get to wherever that deer laid down for the day and then he'll get up and then the dogs will run the deer and then you just we we run garmin's so it's just a pretty much a gps that'll track all the dogs and you can see every one of the dogs and we even have it where we're linked all together so i can see where jesse's at see where my dad is and then also see where shane is because shane hunts with us too and so we just try to circle that block and get in front of them and then try to you mean and you're going to have general crossings where deer is going to cross the roads at just like you do like even when you're still hunting deer are going to walk the same path they're going to run the same path down there because of just the ponds yeah ponds in high spots and low spots and where's the closest spot between two blocks or two chops yep. they're gonna run out they're gonna run down the edge of this pond and slip across the road and go into the next pond and you know the deer i did i never knew this until i started dog hunting the deer are damn near powderable down there yeah we can jonah can tell me hey he's going to the tv he's going to the bad corner going to the pine tree you know you need to go down there and get in that get between the bad corner and the pine tree and i don't know how many times i have had a damn decent buck slip by me right there because there's just not enough trucks and too many spots to cover and 
but you don't ever know. You get down there, not some bitch will hung it, hang a damn right hand at Albuquerque and start heading towards the power line, and there's nobody on the power line. The next thing we know, we're bahawing out of the power line trying to cut him off. Yep. So, and that, and we all just try to, we we've hunted together, especially me and my dad. We've hunted a. I started driving down there when I was 16 and started having my own truck. And I was even, I mean, I was riding with my dad when I was probably, I don't know, three and a half. The, the rule was I couldn't ride till ride with him till I was potty trained. That was, that was his rule. That's so, a rule that Jordan had. He, Jordan couldn't come down here to Florida until he was potty trained. Yeah. So that's kind of, that was the rule. So I started riding with him then and I've went every year consistently and, I've learned just by riding with my dad, and then finally I got a truck and stuff, and I started driving myself. But so going back to kind of how we do it, so dogs are out there, the deer's up, and the dogs are chasing the deer. And like I said, we just try to get in front of it. We know the crossings, and you mean generally before we even put the dogs on the ground, everybody will circle that block and them crossings where we know the deer are generally probably going to cross that so you can get there, get quiet, get set <coughs> up and everything and you mean sometimes it works out sometimes a deer goes a different way and you got to move and it's just it can get chaotic and stuff but there's it's always especially when a deer gets up and stuff you don't know if it's a buck or it's a doe and we can't shoot does down there so it has to be a three points or better on one side or so a it, 10 inch main beam yep so it kind of you don't know if it's a buck or a doe but you mean there's anticipation that it could be a buck so you mean before you ever see the deer you're you're kind of i mean you got that adrenaline you got the rifle in your hand you're ready to absolutely ready to wait he might cross at 25 yards you might cross at 250 yards yep so and which granted that's i feel like i'm a lot better shot now just from dog hunting over the year god i'll tell the story later about the one here behind the house but old dog hunt experience come into that one pretty because I fucked up the first shot. Yep. So, but that's kind of the gist of it. Um, where we hunt is very, very low. It's real wet. You got, wet. You got to run mud tires. I mean, if you don't have anything bigger than about a 35, 36-inch tire on it, you, you're not going down there and being going where you need to go. So, that's kind of, that's the only downfall about where we hunt. It is public land, but with it being wet, there's not a lot of people that go down there because they all go to places where it's drier. And so it's, I mean, that little corner that we hunt down there, we're pretty much. I was just going to say, there's a few groups that do hunt down there, and they all seem, everybody down there, including us, seems to respect everybody else's little group. We have our corner that we hunt, and everybody has their side of the power line they hunt. They all have the, their corner. And, mm-hmm. and every now and then, towards late season, you might get somebody that might cross into your side. Or, you know, you might wind up running a, a deer into their side or something like that. But it's very rare that we ever really get into any, you know, you don't really ever get into any kind of skirmishes or toughs or, you know, bad length. You know, everybody's always, you know, hey, I hunt this little area and... You know, the the Hyatts and their group hunt this little area and, you know, yep. Joiner hunt this area. It's just always been one of them things of everybody kind of stays in their own little area and we don't try to really beat on each other because some of them roads are kind of tight and some of us drive a little too fast. And I'm telling you now, if, if you met one of them tight roads head on, it's going to get ugly. Absolutely. So, and one of the biggest things that I've got over the years of when people ask about or I tell them I run dogs or whatever, and they get a kind of a sour taste in their mouth about it is that we're out here beating our dogs. We're just pretty much putting our 
just running our dogs ragged and stuff like that. And it's it's not like that. The the dogs love what they do. And I have it, but Jesse has it, my dad has it. We all have trucks that we use down there because the way we drive these trucks down there if we were stupid enough to drive our daily drivers, we would never make it to work because no. we drive the wheels off of these things. So, and these dogs know this. They oh, know the wheels, the wheels. Yeah, we'll get in that story. So, well, well, okay, let's just go ahead. We're already on topic. We'll we'll go ahead. So, last year we were down there hunting. It was actually just me and Jesse. My dad was at work. Shane, what I don't know, Shane was hunting, or he was he wasn't there, and. We I'm by myself. I don't have Cecily on this trip, nope. but you do have your other your ex significant other with you. Yep. So we were we've been we knew this buck was in this block and we've been He slit me a couple times. Been putting dogs out in this block and just trying to get on this deer and then so it was just me and Jesse dogs went out there and jumped the deer and we were running the deer and I knew I knew it was there. We all knew it was there. There was this stump that kind of hung out in the side of the road because they come in there and log part of it. And it was a stump that's hung out in the side of the road. And I I think even of one of us said it before that somebody's going to hit that stump. And granted, I was one of them. You center punched it. I was trying to get down there to get in front of the deer. And I the front driver's side tire hit that stump. And it blew not just the tire off. It blew the tire, the rim, the... It broke the top A arm at the ball joint broke. and took everything with it when it left. The lower ball joint, the CV axle, the brake line, it just busted everything off. So, granted, I seen the deer. It was a short horn spike, but it was I that deer. It wasn't the one I shot at earlier in the year. But you seen him? I'll sit on top of the dog box. I hear one, bob, one, bam, and then I heard spow. He shut his damn door, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I hear him. And then I, dogs come out, whatever. And then I look up, and you're running through the damn corner down there. Mm-hmm. And I get, I, I drive down there to you, and you go, hey, my wheel fell off. I said, your wheel fell off? The whole thing fell off. I thought, because he's had problems with his lug nuts working loose. Prior to this, we've had a couple lug nuts work loose on his truck, and his damn wheel get wobbly on him. So he said, my wheel fell off. I'm like, all right. Well, fuck, we jack it up, put them. If we have to put wheel studs in it, ain't no big deal. Jack it up, put wheels back on it, go on. He said, my wheel fell off. I said, what do you mean your wheel fell off? Well, the whole fucking wheel's off. I'm like, it's under my truck. Great. I get around the fucking corner. He's not 100 yards from me. I get around the fucking corner, and the whole fucking wheel, CV axle, upper and lower A-arms, everything is under the truck. Yep. He sent it. When I heard the first, bam. It was the fucking tire hitting that stump. Yep. The second the bam. Tire. It was the second bam that I heard was you shutting the fucking door. Yep. But I didn't hear no cussing, so I didn't think anything about it. I, I would have figured I would have heard a, at least one or two MRFers. Yep. But so, I didn't hear shit. I just heard bam, and then truck turn off and bam, the door shut, and I'm like, all right, he's right there. Yeah. Well, well, guess what? I had a, I had somewhere I had to go that day. Yeah, I mean, my my dad ended up, he was working that morning. He got off and come down there, and then we, we spent the rest of the day trying to get everything back together. So, But going back to kind of what I was saying there is that everybody thinks that the um, the dog, we just pretty much push these dogs. The dogs don't like what they're doing. No, these dogs absolutely love what they do. They love their job, 
just like you get a bird dog like like jesse has the, the gsp he loves to go hunting he that's what he eats sleeps breathes yep. and that's what these dogs they do you mean like i was saying we go out there and crank these old hunting trucks up and these dogs go absolutely nuts because they know where they're going i can pull today right now I can pull my hunting truck into your dad's driveway and back down there to the damn shed. I ain't got to back down there to the dog pens. I can back down to that shed and that damn red rocket, and I guarantee you them dogs will start howling. Yep. They just know what it is. They love what they do. You I mean, they, you, you can't, and that's a different thing. Like, you can go out and you can train, train a bird dog. You can work with a bird dog. But how we train our dogs is you have to have good crop to make good crop, and so, and how we do it is, I mean, we get a young dog in here. We have some older dogs that are experienced, and we just, we, every time we put that old dog out, we put that young Keep dog. Keep feeding it yeah, to them. And they, a dog will teach another dog how to hunt. Yep. And, but granted, you'll never teach a dog to drive. The dog has to come with the drive. And granted, we've, over the years, we've had dogs that just, they just, they don't like it. I don't know why, but, you I mean, my aunt down there that lives, on south 33 down there she loves dogs so if we have a dog that won't hunt goes down there and now she's got about 17 head of dogs at her house and they just it'll lounge around the yard and get fed and oh there's living yeah, living your damn golf cart oh there's big as a freaking school bus so but and that's another thing we don't you get a lot of these like hog hunters and even some of the deer hunters you I mean they beat their dogs if dog doesn't do what they want to and granted you mean we we have behavioral collars which is the garmin they have shocking so we can kind of control the dogs and stuff like that and you mean we <clears throat> all of our dogs are collar broke now like you don't even have to shock them you don't have to do nothing you just, just tone, tone them. them just beep at them they'll come right to you yep so they know and you mean these dogs are smart and everybody thinks oh you just got some old stupid hunting dogs no they're they're pretty intelligent dogs and stuff like that because and that's another reason why i love to do it it's not the sh- the shooting of the deer or killing of the deer it's more just getting these dogs out there and just watching the dogs watching them work i, I mean i walk in the woods sometimes with the dogs to just watch them work a track and it's it's just pretty neat that they can they know what to do i just like going and hanging out with everybody it's more of a camaraderie thing it's go down there hang out shoot the shit i mean you can't drink down in public land so mm-hmm. i'm unfortunately i'm completely sober when they got to deal, deal with me but We'll go down there and we'll hang out. We'll eat lunch together. Fuck, we'll eat bowl peanuts, shoot the shit, tell stories. You know, if the dog's right there trailing or whatever, but all of a sudden, the damn deer jumps up. Everybody's scrambling, throwing shit at the damn yeah. lunchbox and jumping in a truck. And next thing you know, there's rooster tails going 40 feet in every direction. And we're hauling ass and we either cut him off, it's a doe or a buck or we miss or whatever. And then we'll reconvene and do it again. And it's just a fun, almost like it's like a fun family atmosphere to go down there. You'll see. You're down there hunting. You'll see guys come by in a damn truck and dog box, and there'll be three or four kids sitting on a damn dog box in their orange with a BB gun. Yep. They ain't gonna kill shit, but they're just down there to take the family out on Saturday or Sunday and get them in the woods. Yep. They're not sitting behind a TV playing a video game. They're down there just they're in the woods. Yep. And there's, I bet you there'll be a dozen families we'll see come down there and do that. Yep. Throughout the you know Saturday Sunday of just and that's just in our own little corner. And right down the main grade and where we hunt there's absolutely zero service so you're not kids not gonna be playing on the phone they're not gonna have their phone they can't they can't talk to nobody it's, you got that's the only thing there's zero service down there so they 
you pretty much just got to be in the woods, enjoying the woods, and just being out there. Yeah, you can't turn dogs out and be like, fuck it, I'm going to start playing on TikTok until the dogs jump. No, yeah. there ain't no there ain't no TikTok. There is set your damn phone in the windshield, don't touch it. You might get one bar of fucking 3G or something, and you might be able to send a text message out. Absolutely. And that's about the just of it. Outside of that, everybody just kind of hangs out, talks, shoots shit, and gets along. Yep. So it's definitely a good time. Um, like Jesse was saying, it's just a kind of a family-oriented sport and it's a lost it's kind of a lost art because it is you mean it's a lot of people not doing it anymore and stuff and my concern is so i mean you got all these hunting dogs that people's using right now if they take this sport away you mean you're pretty much taking taking their job away you don't you mean it'd be like going out there and going okay we don't we don't need people to run mail anymore or whatever and go okay we're we're just firing all y'all you're just gonna have to and so that's kind of you mean like us you mean we have a pretty good bit of dogs because you have to have a pretty good bit of dogs because you have to cycle them out you mean you have to you either put some dogs out and you got to let them have a break you can't just keep running the same dogs so you mean we got a we got probably i don't know 12 15 dogs between me and my dad and so you gotta think them 12 or 15 dogs if they just go okay y'all can't run dogs no more i mean it's it's outlawed or it's illegal now and I mean, what what are we gonna do with all these dogs? Are we just gonna pretty much just feed them here. You mean, granted, I'm I'm not gonna do anything to them, but you mean probably gonna feed them just because they've earned their keep. And but it's just it's like the like the greyhounds and the racing. Yeah, said that was abusing the dogs. No, I mean that's the thing. A dog would not do it if they didn't love to do it. Yeah, it, it, same thing like Joe said a little while ago about hunting dogs. If the hunting dog don't want to do it, you can let him out of the box. He'll just hang out there at the truck. Well, yep. guess what? We load him back up in the box. He gets about two or three chances of that. If he don't want to go hunt, well, then he goes down to South Area 3 to the damn ants and hangs out there for the rest of his life. He goes hangs out the rest of his life there, and there's a whole pile load of them down there. So well, they have a hell of a time down there. But, and that's another thing, too, a good point about it is that, you mean, granted, if you're in a full-blown rut or something like that in the Midwest or something, you can hunt all day. But if you're just hunting in the southeast or you even hunting out there and it's not full-blown rut, usually generally you're going to hunt right after daylight, right before dark. So you're only going to have maybe two or three hours in the morning, two or three hours in the afternoon. That's going to be the extent of your hunting a day. We hunt all day. We can hunt from daylight to dark and have success. Yeah, mean? we've killed most of our deer late afternoon, I thought. Or late morning, early afternoon. Yeah, I think that one that we freaking made Swiss cheese out of was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, that's another good thing about it, and it's just, I mean, like I said, I've been doing, that's well, that's what I grew up doing. I didn't ever really go sit in a tree stand until I was 12, 13 years old. I just, I didn't know. I, that, that was my gist of hunting. That's what I thought. I mean, when I was a kid, that's what I thought everybody did. Yeah. But, well, like you said, it's a dying breed because my dad and Brian Phillips and your dad and your Uncle Kenny and all them and more, all them guys, they hunted together down in Richland. Out of all of them that still hunt, how many of them are still hunting down there? Like two, your your dad, and, you know, we'll catch Kenny the last couple weeks whenever yep. Ocala closes down. But outside of that, like my dad's just started to get back in. My dad used to be a diehard dog hunter. He he could, my dad told me, he said him and Brian Phillips could kill the shit out of deer with the damn lever action 30-30 and kill him at 400 yards. Yep. And that was just, that's how they improved their shot was, he says, I can't shoot a deer stand still, but you get that bitch running and I can smoke him. Yeah, and they get out on big old chops, and but that's how, that's what they knew back then. Most of these deer in this room right here don't know are dog hunting deer. 
Yep. Them two right there behind you are. That one right there was killed in, in Georgia. But that was, and I killed that one right here, dog hunting Ocala. Mm-hmm. But that fucking smoked him, rolled him up. So that's no big boar hog. But that's a 90% of them shitty ass deer that fell apart over there are dog hunting deer. Mm-hmm. And that's what they grew up doing was dog. They didn't know still hunting. And that was one of the things that was a, it was a taught skill to my grandpa and they kind of taught it to my dad. And, but that's what all they knew. They'd go up to Ocala National Forest. We actually used to own a place up there and we sold it a couple of years ago on, on, but they'd go up there to Disappearing Lake or Doe Lake or whatever they call it. And mm-hmm. two or three, they'd set up camp and that's where they hunted all, 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 they'd go up there to the old Model A buggies and dog boxes and dogs. And that's, that's what they did. And they would, you know, my grandpa worked for the state and. They'd, he'd work Monday through Friday, and he'd get off a little bit early on Friday, and he wanted Granny to have everything loaded on the truck and ready to rumble for Friday afternoon. They'd ride up there, and they'd hunt, you know, Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday, and come home Sunday night. Yep. That's yep. all they knew. Yep, and that's, I mean, honestly, I I would say probably in the state of Florida, still hunting really didn't become a kind of a popular thing. Really, probably even 30 years ago, it, it was predominantly running dogs yeah so here in the last you mean like i said last 30 years still hunting's become more of a more of a bigger thing here and that's what 95 percent of your people do now but so you mean it was just a dog hunting state yeah back that's then. what they did because it was so wet and, it, and we've said it many a times the terrain is so diverse in florida yep that you know you can't never pinpoint where a good deer is going to be you cast dogs out there they'll get them up and get them coming to you yep and i think another thing that i've got questions over the years and stuff like that that you mean a lot of people they still they set a tree stand and they try to base their either vacation time or their um when they're going to go mostly right around the rut and they're like well does that affect you guys down there running dogs and it does a lot you mean we don't our season down here opens like i don't know like right right before thanksgiving pretty much if you get the first nine days yeah and it, it'll open right there around thanksgiving and see we're in this middle zone here in florida that our rut's not till like first of january so we really don't get too wild down there until on into december because you mean there'll be days if like we hunt there in the later parts of november first of december it's just we run does after does after does after does in which there's a handful of does down there but you don't really run that buck they're all they're over in blocks that we can't run or they're in the still hunting area and then whenever it comes that rut time you'll start seeing bigger deer tracks that's crossing roads and you'll start seeing where bucks have come over there and pulled out places and scrapes and just all kind of stuff and that's when you mean pretty much that last two two to three weeks we gets it gets good for us about christmas on is whenever i generally try which usually we try to go new year's we try to go to georgia every year and close camp down for the year so i try to take i usually take that weekend off but outside of that from about middle of december on if i'm not dog hunting i'm gonna go to georgia because that late season georgia i'm telling you you're fucking up yeah. that late season georgia you could be up there knocking you a giant down but you got that dog hunt right around your brain yeah but you might change that this year we might give it a weekend or two in georgia and see what we can come up with yeah we'll get for look for real good weather up there and then we'll we might it might be a last last minute decision and go up there on a good weather weekend yeah because it don't matter what the weather as long as it's not pouring rain down here we'll go down and run dogs and if it gets a little rainy or a little misty in the morning 
We'll go down later in the afternoon. Yeah, because deer will get up after the rain, especially if it like rained pretty much most of the night, and then it kind of finally stopped there right after daylight and stuff like that. Them deer will get up and move. So, but yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. And there's probably my dad's probably got two dogs over at his house that I bet you could come and throw ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars down on his front porch, and he'd probably tell you to go piss off and they start walking yeah black tops down there about 300 feet you'll get on it and keep going yeah so that's kind of that's kind of how we feel about our dogs and stuff they all get fed they get water i mean they're they're taken care of i've there's been multiple times that i've come home and my dad's a he's a firefighter paramedic so he's got medical background and stuff and there's been multiple times that i've come over to his house and he has a dog out there with an iv bag in him because the dog's sick so we um a little bit of a short story that he had a dog that i got or he got whenever i was two years old the deer the dog was a year old when my dad got him at two when i was two and the dog was a year old and so he that was one of his best dogs he ever had and ran that dog used that dog up till he was probably 11 12 years old um older he he was pretty old then and i think he was like right there right about 11 12 years old he got sick one one day and my dad ended up taking him up to the emergency vet there here in Groveland. The emergency vet pretty much told him, he says, hey, there ain't nothing we can do for this dog. The dog's got heartworms. Just put him down. And my dad, and he was going to charge my dad like 250 300 bucks to put this dog down. And my dad's like, no, we're not going to do that. And so he left there, went up, got him an IV bag, took the dog to the house, started an IV on him, got the dog back a little bit up and going a little bit, and got the dog, he actually ate a little bit that night called a place down in brooksville a vet took him down there like two days later got him on some antibiotics for heartworms dog lived till he was 18 years old all it takes they're yep. tough oh yeah it's it's why i mean and that's that's the thing like people and that's a story that i tell everybody they're like oh well, you mean you don't take care of your dogs you tell me how many house dogs that you know of is lived to 18 years old yeah, and the thing is, is y'all didn't run him all 18 years. He had a couple years of retirement there just hanging out at the house. Yeah, like the last six years of his life, he was just, we he, would take him down there. Like, he would go and ride in the truck. We'd take him down and ride, and then we'd, like, let him out. Like, we would let him walk, like, run around. Walk around the truck, poop, pee, do what he had to do, do his thing. Yep. But he never really, yeah, there at the end, I remember you telling me about him. He would, he just, you would you would involve him in the family ordeal, but he just, he was damn old that he just kind of just, hung there at the house he hung there at the house but you didn't well he ain't doing nothing for me so i'm gonna take him out back like old yeller and put him down type deal yeah he he lived his life out there's a couple there at your dad's house now that i have a feel are gonna live their life out right there there's yeah there's four or five there right now that i mean it don't matter how old they get (laughs) if they just can't go they're just gonna live their life right there and they're gonna go ride in the truck and he's gonna let them out and they're just gonna be they're gonna be pets after that it's pretty much i mean that's what they are you I mean we get attached to these dogs and that's another reason that i haven't been very big into hog cutting because you mean every time that you go to the woods there's there's a high strong risk that your a dog's gonna get cut and probably gonna get killed and we don't have that we don't have that very strong most there's no contact between the deer yeah and the i don't they ain't i don't give a shit to eat one and i've said it before i don't give a shit to eat a damn wild ass hog I don't either. I don't care to go out there and try to catch this big old fucking stinking ass boar dog. That's not what I, I just. If I'm gonna kill a deer. I'm gonna eat the deer. 
Yep. That's what I'm going out there to do. I'm not going to kill a boar to, to eat nasty bastard. Yeah, you can't even, some some of the things, you can't even cook it in your house. Your house is going to freaking reek of it. Yeah. So I'm not much, I'm not knocking on hog hunters. They are their own kind of sport. Them son of bitches are tough. Oh, yeah. Them bastards go out there. If you go out there and grab a wild boar by the damn ears, flip him upside down while you got two damn dogs jerking on him, and you tie him off and tote his ass back to the truck, more you, power to you. You tougher than me. Because I can tell you, I there's there's a group of guys, and I've seen them here in the last couple of years, but they're not, they're, the group's not as big, and they, that's all they do is hog hunt. And, you I mean, we work together down there because, granted, I don't want hogs down there where we hunt because we just want to run deer. And so them guys, if we ever see where a hogs cross the road or something, we used to, it's kind of, I don't even know, they really hunt down there really much anymore but we'll call them and go hey we seen where a hog cross the road down there and they'll come down there and they have some good hog dogs they will they'll come over there and most of the time they're going to shoot that hog yeah so but and like down there you can't use like blockhead bulldogs and stuff as catch dogs you can only have what they call bay dogs which is like your curs and stuff like that yeah. so but yeah like all our dogs are pretty much they're we're attached to them they're pets and everything like that you mean so we we take care of them. It's not yeah. it's not like just like you said that oh he ain't doing nothing. We're gonna take him out back. There's that, that does not happen at our house, and that's not gonna happen. So, but old fat Debs, mm-hmm. she got a permanent place there. She's getting there. So, and that's the thing. You I mean we feed our dogs? You I mean we feed them more than what they should? You I mean right now it's the off season, and there, there's your biggest, dog pen starting to lean to one side with her ass in it oh it's there's big as a school bus right now so she ain't running she gonna run to the closest buffet when you let her ass out yeah so that fat bitch is fatter than hell yeah but she's been taking care she's healthy she's healthy and she will run the absolute dog shit out of a damn deer oh yeah, yeah I, I got no complaints with her she might be she might be bigger around as two-ton tammy but guess what she yeah. will run the shit out of it and oh, she yeah. will what I like about Deborah, well Deborah J, is she will, when every other dog loses the track, she's always the first one back on it. Yeah, and that's if a dog cross. If a dog, if a dog, if a deer crosses the road and the dogs lose it in the road, yep, Debbie finds it. Oh yeah, that's what you. They, and she don't bark, so you better keep your ass on that Garmin. Yep, she'll. And that's another thing. So. That's another key point there that you brought up. So, when a dog is trailing a deer, and it all depends on the dog. It just it's like personalities. Everybody's got a different personality. I mean, you got these people that hardly don't say a whole lot until you get them riled up. Same with dogs. Some of the dogs, you mean, they hardly don't say anything before the deer ever gets up. They're out there trailing a deer. They don't say nothing. But then you got some dogs. They are out there trailing and they they bark a lot. And then definitely when the deer gets up, a lot of dogs. You mean it's just if you got four or five or more dogs out there, it just sounds like a big roar. You mean you just don't hear an individual dog at that point. But then, like he was saying, that dog that I have, she um she don't say a whole lot here and there. She'll say, but used to back in the day before we had tracking systems, a lot of people frowned upon that because granted you can't keep up with her. You can't keep up with her. But now that we have these Garmin these tracking systems, the you can you can utilize her and stuff, and you can just keep up with her from that aspect so and that's another thing that's a big thing in our running dogs is that we um we use tracking system and there's been a lot of innovations in the tracking system over the last probably 20 years because i can remember even when i was a child 
we didn't have tracking systems. You mean you had to pretty much just base it on listening for the dogs. And it was, I mean, a lot of them dogs back in the day, they would go somewhere and then you'd have to wait for them to come back. And a lot of them dogs, they would come back to where you turn them out at. So you just had to sit there and wait for them to come back. But, and then my dad was actually the first one in the group that we were hunting with down there. They got, it used to be called a quick track and it was, it run off a frequency. So you would um you had a handheld and then the dog had a collar on and it would just pretty much run a frequency and it would beep whichever way the dog is so you'd have to get out and then you would have knobs that you like you could gauge how far that dog was you'd have low medium and high range and you could turn it down and figure out you mean just over the years of using it you would go okay he's on low range at like a volume of like three okay that dog is within 75 yards and then you just you kind of learn and you mean it worked great you mean you could keep up with your dogs but you mean you had to more still with that because you actually had to get out and get this big old antenna out and wave it around so you would have to kind of more rely on listen to the dogs if they were running you would just pretty much use your tracking system when you were just trying to find your dogs so but now with these garments these gps garments that we're using we have touch screens in our trucks and stuff that you mean it's just like your normal garmin little seven eight inch little tablet that people put in their trucks for maps we have that in there and it shows you where all the dogs are shows you where you're at shows where everybody else is at and you mean you can literally drive down the road and know where your dogs are going and it i mean it's helped a lot and because there's places down there where we hunt at that the dogs they can they'll go in there but you can't actually hunt in there there's like another management area there's some private land and stuff the dogs can't necessarily they're not supposed to be in there but if they go in there you can go get your dogs you just can't hunt in there and i can remember when i was a kid before all this track like especially the gps tracking even when we use old quick track you mean there would be like once a day we would have dogs in there you'd be sitting there waiting on them to come out come out but now you mean it's very we go under the fence and cut them off yeah before ever get to it yeah because we know exactly where the dogs are going to be it's on time yeah information it's not you got to get out and go okay like we're gonna have to get this big old Bring wand out there and start yeah. looking for them so it's changed over the years and it's made it where like back in the day you had to have about 10 trucks to go down there and hunt and then whenever we got quick tracks yeah we can bump it down to about six or seven six five six trucks now honestly we can run with three trucks and be successful we've done our one truck yeah i've gone there with you before it's a lot of damn driving i ain't gonna lie to you you gotta drive the fucking wheels off of it oh yeah and two trucks is still a lot but we've killed some deer in two trucks yep but three trucks, four trucks, like I said, me, you, and your dad, we go pretty much predominantly every weekend that we're home, yep. and Shane really tries to get here as much as he can. Some yep. weekends he's on call with the power company, and we understand that, but Shane's a pretty reliant, you know, fourth hand in there. He's He doesn't have a big lifted, you know, we don't have big lifted, up, lifted trucks anyways, but he has more of a daily driver truck that he that's it's just, it's a nicer truck so he doesn't want to go out there and just have the damn water rolling over the windshield like we do he wants yep. to try to keep on the main grade power line green swamp he wants to try to keep it under 100 yeah so well i think we've kind of went over completely all the <clears throat> gist of it um do you have i mean i think you got anything else you want to add far as the details on how it operates i think we kind of really went over all that i think let's take this portion because this is going to be more of the funnier side of it. We're going to tell a little bit of stories of the, over the years of us hunting. 
before we get into that, let's go ahead and go with the keyword for this week, and then we'll roll into the story time to finish this one out. So, you want to do the keyword again? Yep. What do you Can got? Can you guess? It's got something to do with probably dog gun. No. What's what out there in the shed that we brought home today? Tractor? What's behind it? Sprayer? Sprayer. All right, we'll go with sprayer. Sprayer is this week's keyword. Okay. All right. Bought it home from your house. Been down there spraying hayfields. It's down here. I got a little bit of spraying left to do. We got sprayer. It's at the field tank right now. So, yep. We'll go with sprayer. I got. I was out there filling the damn thing up. I'm like, this bastard's this week's keyword. Yep. So, and that is for a Florida Legacy hat, stickers, and koozies. Yep. Uh, we'll put it on our Instagram. Great looking stuff. Awesome looking. If you go check them out, look through their stuff. If you don't win, definitely go check them out too because they got some really, really cool stuff. Some of my favorite hats come from them. I ain't going to lie to you. Yep. Some of my favorite stuff that I've either bought or given to me has come from these guys. Yep. So, I, I love it. So definitely go check them out. But enter the keyword first before you go purchase. Enter the keyword. See if you can win. If you can't, go check them out. Keyword is sprayer. So let's go ahead and move on to this portion of it. Like, like I said, this is going to be story time. You're probably going to get a little bit of a laugh out of this one. There's not a whole lot of informational in this, but it's going to be funny. Oh, well, hope your ears are covered. Yep. So. This is not PG-13, by the way. We've already told the story about me knocking the tire off, so that's. Knocking that, the tire. You didn't knock the, you didn't knock shit off. You blew the fucking thing off of hitting a fucking stump. So. The truck was looking at the sky when you went by it. Oh, yeah. It sounded like a freaking grenade going off. Yeah, that, I was sitting there outside of my truck and heard it go off. It I'm like, well, I don't know what that is. But I heard truck turn off. I heard door slam. I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck it is. Yep. So um, I'll start with one I got. This is before you come down there and hunted with us. We were, it was just me and my dad down there. And the dogs ended up, they come up to the, like, they were running a deer. The deer come up to the road and made him a turn. My dad was facing to the, to the south and I was facing to the north in my truck and he was probably a hundred yards from me and then all of a sudden instead of him turning around in the road and going back the way he come from he just decided he was going to put her an R and just punch it well he he went for a little bit and he couldn't hold on to it and all of a sudden he was off in the ditch of the road and he was stuck and I just drove right by him and then he would come in and he's like you can't even pull me out and I'm like well go down here to get in front of the deer you you can stay there in a the ditch for a little bit but like he was just like driving all of a sudden he was he was on the road looking at the scenery, and then he was in the scenery looking at the road. So yep. I hate when that happens. <laughs> so, yeah, that one was pretty – I mean, and that happens a lot. I mean, that, that little stuff like that, we, these tru- we'll be out in the Palmetto Flats with these trucks. I mean, oh, God. If, if, you, if you value your vehicle, don't take it down there. No. Well, you mean if you drive civil, you mean I guess you're okay, but yeah. don't let us drive it. I come by last year. I had my damn front end was fucked up and come no. by Shane, and I don't know if Shane's ever going to recover right of that one. He was either going to be he was he was ready to get in his truck and just drive it off in the woods because he he said that the whole front we, Jesse's truck that he's talking about I mean we paid close to nothing for this thing and we've been building on it mechanic and on it I mean, we got it pretty I mean, pretty good shape but and he's you fixed it all this year I put a whole brand new front in it only thing that I have not done is a gearbox gearbox in it yeah which you'll hopefully we can get one in there before this year but so it, this thing had. Oh, it, it had a lot of play in it. You mean, he'd be driving and, like, he'd be, like, go to turn to the left, he'd be at about 9 o'clock, and then he'd go to turn to the right, and he'd be about 3 o'clock. He was the thing had more slop in it than your old lady. Oh, it was terrible. But, so, yeah, the tires, and they would get to wobbling real bad. So, everywhere Wobble. he went, like, one tire would be running straight, and one tire would be at, like, a 
10, 15 degree angle. So it'd just be like mud would be flying out. Oh, of I would rooster tail the shit out of stuff going on the road because I'd be holding a wheel straight, but one tire was not going straight. Yep. So one thing that my dad my dad always told me when I was younger, he said, whenever you go to running dogs, because you mean 90% of these deer are going to be running. You mean you very rarely get one to stop. Every once in a while, you'll get one to stop in the road. He'll stop to listen for dogs or something. And he'll be out in the woods and he'll stop, just think he's in the clear. But most of the time, they're running. So you just got to you got to throw bullets at him is what you're going to be doing. And my, Your dad told me this, and I will take this to my grave. The cheapest part of hunting is the bullets. Yep. So throw one at him. If you can still see the deer, start pulling the trigger and that's what he told me if he's still running pull the trigger if you can still see him pull the trigger the only time to stop pulling if he you can't see him no more or he's just down he's i mean he's done so and like jesse just said jesse's heard this so he now he's living off of this motto now and it was two years ago now the we were down there and it was like i don't know like 10 10 30 or something like that and jesse called it already and said his truck was tore up the four-wheel drive wasn't working wanted to see broke, broke cv axle yep. in it so i was like well unless instead of us going back to the house mechanicing for a couple of hours and then coming back down here later in the afternoon i said just ride with me for the rest of the day i didn't have nobody with me so i was like just ride with me and we'll just we'll limp it to the house once we get done hunting and then we'll fix it and then we'll be ready for the next day well so he jumped and we parked the truck and he jumped in the truck with me and we ended up turning dogs out there, and they went out there and jumped the deer and stuff like that. And we actually seen one, seen the deer, and it was a doe. So we pulled all the dogs off, and one dog stayed on this other deer that Old we were running. camo. And me and him got around there, and because you remember when you first seen the deer, you were like, "Oh, it's just a doe." It's just I a seen deer. the deer, but I, the damn deer was in a palmetto flat that had to have been asshole deep to a fucking draft. Oh yeah, so you're like, "Oh, it's a doe," and I'm like, and then I seen it like jump the flag one time I'm like no that deer has horns so we started the shooting right there and that that set that that set, volley of rounds right there was nine that was nine the last shot that I shot I center punched a pine tree that mean you probably couldn't fit our arms around it and the damn you could you could touch the fucking thing from the back of the uh, dog box oh yeah I I'm like where in the fuck are you shooting Boosh! I mean we're taking damn pine bark to the forehead off of this one yeah, and so that was the first one. I'm pretty sure somebody hit him on that first one because he sl- like he slowed down. He slowed way down. So we ended up getting all, a bunch more dogs on him. We ran that, and to this day, and I've told people this, I feel like we could have gotten our truck, left the woods, drove to freaking Alaska, and got out of our truck and stood up with all the dogs, and that deer would just come running by us because it didn't matter where we went that deer was coming by us that day and my dad was down there trying his ass off to get in front of this deer and, and i'm still this is my still my junior year of <laughs> shooting at a deer i don't know i wasn't as experienced as i am now yeah so we go around there deer comes out we throw i don't know 10 i don't know seven six five i don't know how many but we threw some by more then, bull- I get shotguns out we threw you more gotta remember bull- we got two shotguns and two two seventies. He's he's on his as he's driving. I'm reloading. I reload. I I this threw a damn a box of bullets in the truck, and he's like, "Oh, I got bo- I got bullets in the center console in here." I'm like, "All right, well, fuck it. That's all we need. We ain't gonna see anything any fucking ways." And it's always them days. We ain't gonna see anything any fucking ways. Well, guess what? 
We burnt through some fucking brass, boys. It was like Vietnam out there. Uh-oh. I bet you everybody in the county was going, I don't know what's going on over there, but I ain't going over to help. Yeah, so we emptied our rifles out. We got it. We got into the shotgun shells. We start. We threw bullets at him with shotgun shells. And, like, granted, everybody's like, oh, y'all can't shoot. We never got a good opportunity to shoot this deer. He was in the gallberries. He was in the Palmetto Flats. We were shooting at him running through a cypress pond. We were, I mean, we never got a good, like, he never stopped. He was still running the whole time. We were just, we were pulling and praying. Yep. And finally, he come out in the middle of the road, and that was the worst mistake. He ran, like, at a 45, and Jesse ended up finishing him with a shotgun at, like, I don't know, it was, like, 50, 60 yards, wasn't he? I shot him with a damn three-inch buckshot. Yep. So, I was down to my last bullet in my 270. Yep. And my last two bullets and my shotgun. And I had no bullets in my shotgun. And I had two left in my 270. That's all I had. So we were getting down to the... And ended up after all of it said and done, and we started counting like, okay, I shot this much, you shot this much. We ended up between the two of us shot 23 times at that deer. So, right. but... Well, yeah. he, he toted a lot of lead off. <laughs> oh my we only hit him twice with a damn rifle, I think. Once in the back leg... And then once somewhere, I don't remember somewhere where. else. But he had plenty of buckshot in him. Yep. So but no, I wind up. He he decided he was going to run down the road away from me, and yep. he didn't put a lot of zig in his zag. Yep. And that's where you fucked up because when he didn't put no zig in his zag, I leveled up on the back of his head and just pulled the damn trigger. And this happened to be that one bullet hit him right in the right in the damn neck where the neck and the head comes together, and it folded him up right there. Yep. So that was a f- that was a pretty eventful day, because um, my dad came over to radio like midway through the whole riffraff, and he came over to radio and he was like, "You're all gonna hit this damn thing, or are we just gonna keep on going around in circles?" And I was your like, dad well, was ahead of him. If he would have got past me, because I actually shot at your damn dad. Yeah, down the road towards. That was him. down the road. He was around the corner down there, but he was, your dad says I got a little nervous on that one. Yeah, and I'm like, well, <clears throat> I put one down there, and it. Luckily, I wasn't shooting a rifle, but I put one down there. It folded him up, and I stayed on the damn dog box and watched him and actually hollered at Jonah because Jonah was around the corner. Cause I, th- I thought I'd seen another deer make a damn right-hand turn right there, and I'm like, hey, he's going there. So I stayed up there. Jonah jumped off, ran around the corner of the road, and then I think I know he's coming across the bushes, and I, poosh, folded him up. And then I'm, and Jonah's like, well, you just stay there and keep an eye on him, and Jonah ran down there to him and... Yep. He no. was he was laying in the road dead and I was like, Well, that's all that's all it took. Yep. So and that was closer to the end of the year last not last year, the year before. But I I was there. I wasn't a witness of this. I wasn't around you. I heard the shot, but the first time you ever shot at a deer down there It was an escapade. It was you and your father. He one of his m- few times he comes and rides with me so i guess you can tell that one because that one is your experience yeah well we were sitting down there we, we turned out one of them blocks that we know is usually pretty generally good with deer and he joined us to go on down there to the basically a t is all it is it's right past the tv went down there and set up dogs right there trailing carrying on trailing carrying on i'm sitting out there i'm I'm young at this game by myself. I got my damn 270 up there on the hood. Out there, on, actually not on the hood, on, on top of the toolbox, on top of the roof of the truck. I'm sitting there for, I don't know, a good 20, 30 minutes. And my dad's, my dad's like, oh, I'm fucking hungry. 
Well, he breaks out the fucking white bread, the mayonnaise, the mustard, the lunch meat. It's a full fucking spread. I mean, Publix would have been proud of him. We're out there. And all of a sudden, I look up, and there's a damn deer standing in the road about 150 yards from me or better. Yep. And I'm like, damn, it's a damn doe. I threw my gun up. I said something to my dad. I said, there's a damn deer. My dad drops his gun and grabs his rifle. I looked at, I looked through the scope. I said, it's a damn doe. He's looking straight at me. Well, looking at me, and then the next thing I know, he turns his head and looks straight away from me, and I can see the horns. It was just a big-ass cow horn spike. And my dad's standing right underneath me with his fucking full spread of lunch. Yeah. And I, boosh, right over top of his damn head. He goes, God damn it, boo, you could have told me you were doing that. And I'm like, oh, that damn, there he goes. And he's out there, and I lost him in my damn first shot. And so I jump in my damn truck and radio over, and my dad throws everything in the damn cooler we haul ass. I radio down there to where I shot the damn deer instead of going in front of the deer. Yep. Rookie mistake. Didn't know that. I didn't know not to go down there. I didn't know to go on down to where I shot at him, just go on to where he was headed. Mm-hmm. You know, who gives a shit where you shot at him at? The, deer, the dogs will find him. Go on to where you're going. And I go on down there, and I get around the damn pond down there and get on the edge down there, and I look at my damn gun. My gun, my gun's jammed. Yep. And I'm like, fuck. I couldn't get my damn gun to unjam. I pulled the damn lever back, pull everything back. It's like I said, semi-automatic. Was it Remington 70? 600 or 7,400? 7,400. 7,400. Yep. They're jamming pieces of shit. So I pulled the damn thing back. Bullets hung in it. Because when the deer ran off, I attempted to shoot one more time. Yep. And I knew it was jammed in. So I went up taking the damn dog antenna. The whip antenna. The whip antenna, about 15 foot tall. I bent that bastard over and used it as a ramrod and ramrodded that shell out of that fucking <laughs> rifle. And reloaded it, and got back on him. I didn't. We never seen him because I was down there, and I'm like, "Oh fuck! Here comes Jonah. We'll put dumb dogs on. If I hit him, they'll blood trail him from here." And I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't touch a fucking hair on him." Because I free armed him, and he was standing out there on the fucking road, 150 yards, and I just threw one at him, yeah, not knowing. And it was one of them things of it was learning experience all in all. But I knew now. If my father says he wants to go, make sure he's not packing the fucking the ham, the bread. The, you better have it in your fucking. You better go ahead and have your damn sandwiches in the bag and in the in the cooler because we ain't having a full spread out here. Oh yeah, I told him. I said if I was around there, I, I mean I would have paid good money to see this whole riffraff going because I mean we know I I know your dad and then you um if you just knew him you would kind of understand what um the whole riffraff to this so he don't get in a hurry for nothing absolutely not so but that's one of the stories so i got another story here so this was the same this was the same year that you that we had all the shooting and then you remin had your antenna down your rifle we had a good year that year actually yeah so it was later on in the year and my uncle that he used to hunt with us full time down there and he ended up he didn't like the water, so he ended up going to up to Ocala where it's drier to hunt with some other guys and stuff. But they closed a little bit earlier than we do, and so he comes down there like the last two week or two down there and hunts with us because that's when our good time is too. And he um, he was down there, and one of them things where it was like 
I just I'll bring the bullets I got in my rifle and I'll come down there and that's going to be the extent of it. That and was just his attitude too. And that was probably the biggest buck that we've had down there in a long time. It was a damn jan- j- dandy. Yep. So <clears throat> we got down there and I think you actually found the track that morning on the power line. And you caught on the radio and it's like, we got, I got a really, really good tracker around here. He's a big one. And so we had to come around there and turn dogs out. The dogs went out there and trailed and jumped this deer. And he'd come on there, was in that smaller block there. We call it triangle block. And the we, me and Jesse were on one side. My dad was on one side. And that was, Shane didn't hunt with us that year. He just, he would ride with us every once, once in a while. But so my uncle and my dad were on the other side and he'd come over to, or, Heard him murder shooting. And I'm like, well, he's killing him over there. We're glad we, we got us another one. And all of a sudden, he come over to the radio, and he says, he, he was like, I can't hit a damn thing. Y'all going to have to bring me some bullets. I'm out of damn bullets. and bring no more than five. He's the biggest. He's, he's a big old buck, and y'all need to get around here and help us. And it was the riffraff after that. My dad ended up shooting at him once or twice. Shot him once with a shotgun. Yeah. You went down the damn road. The same damn road oh, blew yeah, your fucking yeah. tire off. Yeah, my tire... You hit a damn uh, a cypress stump, or you hit a damn ladder knot stump. Any, he got, you got something hung between, and them damn tires and them wheels are the death of you, yep. because you got something hung between the bead of the tire. And he's done this multiple times. Yep. The damn tire went flat on him, so I'm like behind him because he drives like a bat out of hell, and I'm behind him. I pull up the Kenny. I almost I had a by this I had an extra box of bullets. Yes. So I almost chunked a box of bullets at him. I did. And, but I didn't know you were ahead of me. So you chunked a box of bullets at him. I pull up to him, and he was like, I already got bullets. Go, 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 go. So I haul ass. And the next thing I know, you're in the damn middle of the road with a flat fucking tire. So I pull up beside you, and I'm like, get in, Luis. We got places to be, baby. <laughs> so you grab your damn rifle, and we haul ass. And we go down to the damn back there, a little food plot road or whatever, that, that canopy slough. Yep. And we get haul ass down in there. That's where the deer's going. Your dad's got green swamp covered. And we hear, boosh, a damn shotgun. And But we, we keep going ahead of him. We get under the damn slough. We bail out the damn truck. We look at our garments. And you say, come on. So you grab the rifle. I grab the shotgun. So if he's close, he's mine. If he's far away, he's yours. We get all the way to the damn slough down there. And it was just a damn blur of a deer going across the now road i've seen the horns and he's probably 150 yards and i've seen and the horn. Like, i can see the horns bare eyed yeah so. i'm like well that's a good damn deer right there if he would have stopped in the road right there it would have got western yep it would have got ugly quick yep but then so. we had to go back pull your fucking tire off take it to the damn house dig all the damn wood out of it <laughs> bear it back up bring it back and i'm like you gotta get tired this year. We ain't gonna keep doing this fucking no. air and shit up and blowing them on that's my main goal right now is to get tired for that truck but so yeah, that was that was an event, and that's the th- that's the thing. I mean, we're telling funny stories, but it's not funny at the time. It's it's, it's oh, kind of stressful to me. Oh, it's kind of stressful when stuff's been broke and shot, and it's, it's. Oh God, I spend more money on this piece of shit hunting truck out here than I do any fucking thing. I no. put a new transmission in it. I've got four brand new tires on it. I've changed the oil in it every fucking two hundred miles. Yeah. Put new plugs in it every two hundred miles in it. It's got a new air. F- this damn truck out here, which I ain't fucked with it this year. I gotta put now, this year. I gotta put drive lines in it because every damn universal in this damn there's four of them in there, front and rear on both sides of the four wheel drive. Every damn universal in this son of a bitch has got more play in it than you know what to do with. And the damn fan clutch, you can reach in there and spin the damn fan like you're spinning Yahtzee. Yep. So 
There's a little bit of work I gotta do to it, but shit, she's been good to me. Oh yeah. So, and that's 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 a, and a lot of people say give us a hard time about it, but that that's notorious for our weekends. Like, we'll, we'll go, when we go down and run dogs, usually we'll run Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and usually Friday night or Saturday night between me, you, and my dad. Somebody, We're mechanicking. Somebody's turning a wrench on a truck, and it might be minor. It might be like, but see. And a lot of times me and Jesse will try to do preventative maintenance. Like, oh, like my ball joint's going out. We need to go ahead and replace this tonight. So we're good. No. My father, he runs this thing to the edge. We'll get down there first thing in the morning. Like, okay, we're going to put dogs out. And he's like, well, my tire's locked up. I got to go back to the house and fix it. The wheel hub went out. He knew the wheel hub was going out for three damn weeks. It's been squeaking and squalling. Yep. He gets down there at 7 o'clock in the morning, turn dogs out. And he's like, well, I got to go home. My, My hub's locking up on me. Really? Really, Chuck? Really? Yeah. We're doing it now? So now, so then we had to go home and mechanic for about three hours, and then we don't get back down there until about 10 o'clock. So, um, but the one day last, like, last year, other than my tire coming off, it was a pretty mild year, I would say, except for the one day. It, did, it started out terrible. My tire went low, again. Aired it up. Your four drive wasn't working. You got stuck. Yep, because I had a short in it somewhere. I still got a short in it. I just got a fuse in there big enough now that I'm either going to have to melt the truck or four-wheel drive's going to work. I don't, gonna, know, I don't know what's going to happen. You start seeing smoke. You're going to have undergo light under your dash for just a split second. Yes, correct. So he got stuck, got him out. Shane had to come out the same road in his little Toyota. Shane got stuck in the same hole. We had to pull Shane out too. So was, I wind up pulling Shane out. So it was just a, a cluster morning. And I've come to realize when you have a cluster morning, a lot of times you will have success in the afternoon. And that's exactly what. Oh, yeah. On top of this, not just us getting stuck. My radio wasn't working because we run CB radios in our trucks. Yeah, your radio has been a piece of shit that day. Oh, God. I've had terrible luck with them. So radio wasn't working that great. So somebody had to be within like 200 yards of me to talk to me. We couldn't talk across the woods or something. So. Pretty much how we ran the rest of the day was my dad and Shane kind of went on their own, and then Jesse, he stayed with me close enough within 200 yards. We could cover two two holes, but we just had to stay that close so I could we could communicate. I had RBJ. It was a day after Christmas. Yep. I remember it was a Sunday because Christmas was on Saturday. We hunted on Sunday. It was a day after Christmas. It was just me and RBJ and you and so-and-so, and that was yep. all there was at so, our little party. So we jumped a deer, and dogs would lose it they get back under it they lose it get back and and i had a feeling that it could be a buck just because the way they they run different than does but you just never know you might have an old doe that runs all crazy too but so we went down we went down a road that we hunt down there and i um i don't think we were even attempting to hunt i think we were just trying to play cut off people i think we kind of sent your dad and shane towards the front where the deer were Usually go. Usually go. We were just down there trying to cover the south end, or you know, sometimes we'll just get down there and be like, "All right, we're just going to cover the bottom end. Y'all go do y'all's thing, and we're just going to play, you know, second string." Yeah, and that's kind of what we were doing. And we come around the corner there, and I, I come to the radio and I said, "Jesse, stop here." And I, I know he was probably throwing me the middle finger out because it was just a big palmetto flat. He was like, "I bet you he was thinking, all right, he's just screwing me here. He's going to go down there to a the good hole, and he's going to leave me here." But I've notoriously just been over the years hunting there. I know deer cross there. Every once in a while, it's not very common, but there's like, it's where a little break and where two ponds come together and the, the deer will come across there if they're right there in that area. And 
well, I got stopped down there and got up on the box, and I was sitting there, and dogs were out in the woods, and they kind of lost it for a second, and they got right, they got back under it, and then all of a sudden I heard him down there shooting, and I heard, I heard it hit, and I was like, okay, he's he's hit it, and he's he shot, heard it hit, shot again, heard it hit, shot again, heard it hit, and I'm like, okay, either he's smoking a pine tree down there, or he's actually <laughs> hitting what, and then all of a sudden I heard him down there hooping and hollering, and I was like, okay, this is, and like. Notorious, you I mean you'll shoot little small sixes. You might shoot an eight point down there, but he's usually pretty pretty small. But you I mean that's a trophy for us because of all the time and effort and stuff like that to get to get into actually shooting a deer down there. So even a little three point or a little four point, if it's if it's a legal buck, I'm happy. Absolutely. So I get down there and I can deer actually he shot and killed deer in the middle of the road. Deer come out of the woods and I got down there and I, I mean his head was leaning up. He was big enough that the horns were holding his head up so i'm like um this he's only been driving down here for two years and he comes down here and he helps me shoot the one and then now he's done shot one this size and ended up only being a five point but 17 and a half inches spread yeah on him i put a tape on him i got a picture he's he's the deer sitting in the middle of our podcast table yep you got the ones a little bit smaller to the one side and then the one that's a lot bigger on the other side that's the one. He's got no brow tines. He's got two on one side and three on the other. That's the one I killed. And that was Jordan was sitting on a dog box. Yep. Sitting on a dog box, and he was, there was brass raining down his shirt whenever he, I, boosh, folded him up in the road, and he still had some kick to him. And famous last words of Daryl Hyatt was, is keep shooting till he, keeps, till he quits moving. Yep. So I put one in his damn shoulders. I shot him in the, through the damn shoulders. Well, fuck, he was still had his head up, so I did not sent one through his damn neck. Yep. And the first shot would have killed him, but it's one of them adrenaline things. Insurance. It was insurance. Yep. I, I couldn't take, I've seen too many damn deer get up and run off. Yep. That and, won't happen. And I, he wasn't, I took the running gear out of him. And the first shot, I hit him in the damn spine and broke his back, and that's what folded him up in the road. Yep. And, but I, want, I didn't want him to sit there and just suffer. Actually, at the time, I didn't know where I had hit him, but I didn't want him to sit there and just keep spinning his wheels. So I shot him through the damn shoulders, basically through the heart, and then shot him in the damn neck and broke his damn neck. And That was it. That was it. But yep. that was. I, I got ragged on, and I still get ragged on to this day of why I didn't get his damn deer mounted. Oh, yeah. Definitely down there. You mean, he he was a, that's the biggest deer you're going to kill, I would say, down there. That's probably the biggest deer our group's gonna kill for a long time if we continue didn't to have a it. damn tooth in his head when we cleaned him yeah, we he, looked at him we were like well where the fuck did he come from Cause he's in the damn middle of a block he's in the middle yeah he was in one of our central blocks and he went like one of the outskirts that he could have moved in granted he could have moved in but it would have took him a long he would have had to go miles miles and miles to even get into there if he was on the outskirts of any blocks so yeah he he's been living right there and just he's smart enough never got on him and i don't even think because he lost the dogs. The dogs, he ran by me within 30, 40 yards. And the dogs were in there milling around trying to find him. He knew what to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been <clears> ran before, <throat> just the way he ran. He And that's what a deer would do. Going back to kind of a little bit more of the informational stuff on it is a dog will, a deer will actually, they, I'm not saying they know how to, they, they got in here, okay, I'll go here and turn this way. But what they'll do is they'll, what we call a turn back on the dog. So, like, the dogs will be running the deer will be running due north and then all of a sudden he'll cut over to the east for about 
75 yards, and all of a sudden he'll turn back to the south and run right past the dogs. And them dogs will go up there and they'll just keep on running north and go, oh, crap, we can't smell him. And then they have to go back and then they have to search. And the and deer got a hell of a head start on them. Yep. And that's what will happen. And dogs, and that's where that makes good dogs into really, really good dogs if they can minimize that lost time and they can get back on it. And, but, and that's the difference in deer, too. I've seen deer go out there. They'll run for a couple hundred yards. They'll stop. Listen for the dogs. Listen for the dog. Dog get right up on top of them. They'll take off again, run another couple hundred yards, and they'll stop. Some deer, oh, they just they lay that they put it in overdrive and they don't let up. They they'll, just they'll, they'll turn off afterburners on and they'll just go and go <clears> and they don't they run straight line, just don't care. They just run. Yep. So it's like I said, they it's a different it's a different sport for sure. Um, there's nothing really like like it out there. You I mean you got bird hunters and hog hunters, but it's even way different than that. So it and I I know we've got a lot of people that's message us about wanting to come i think we got four or five people right now that's wanting to come and ride with us this year so it um it depends on i need to know your life insurance (laughs) and how brave are you we could and that's like we were talking about so you have shane my dad me and jesse so my dad he's older so he he'll get on it he'll get on it but he kind of he'll ease around most of the time and if it really gets in a pushy situation he'll get on it but he usually he keeps it under 40 but and then you got shane he drives that little toyota and he he's at bay i mean he don't get too wild he don't he don't try to get in the water too hard no but then you got the old red rocket which is jesse's and what i don't know what blue Blue mongoose blue goose or whatever that i I drive a blue truck and like i said it is if you talk to anybody that hunts with us shane my dad whatever me knocking the tire off is not that's not it's not abnormal no it's not shocking so and that's me and jesse 95 percent of the time are the ones that are actually shooting at the deer getting in front of them seeing the deer stuff like that just because that's my thing i mean we we drive a they're 90 model chevy trucks and we've got park trucks at the house and it's dime a dozen on the parts on these things there's really really cheap to work on these trucks unless you just blow a motor up blow a transmission out all the other parts either we got lifetime warranties up at auto O'Reilly's for them or AutoZone or we got a parts truck out there so I'm down there for only a limited amount of time I'm going to drive the wheels off of this thing yep that's why I'm saying that when we got back to that first story when Shane see me coming by him going mock fucking Jesus and the damn front wheels are going left and right the damn front tires look like they had fucking uh, Tourette's or something they were shaking the shit out of the front tires it Oh, it, yeah. it, it Shane jumped off the damn dog box, got behind the truck, got in his fucking pines to get away from me because I was coming by him and they he didn't know if I was going to kill him or kill the pine tree three blocks over. No, oh, yeah. But I come by and like I said, I'll I got a whole lot into the damn truck. So yeah, I mean I got a lot into it. It's, you know, I've put a new transmission, new wheels, shit once in a lifetime. It gives you you might as well if you see them guys on 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 tv driving them rally trucks that's pretty much what you're going to get into down there and that's what i've told jonah these guys you know we get a couple guys that message i'm like hey we want to come dog hunting with you we don't give a shit about killing a deer i'm like no you better bring a fucking rifle because if i come down and shoot at one empty rifle and you didn't bring one i'm gonna be pissed but two you better make sure you or your wife has very good life insurance policy because i cannot promise you tomorrow you are 
your life is in your own hands because we might be looking at the sky one minute and might be in a mud hole the next second. So yep. there's you better been- get on and it, it's fun. Now we do keep, like I said, we are a hundred percent sober. There's no alcohol. And and that's one thing that I do follow 100% down there is I will not even bring a beer. I will not bring anything down there with me. Yep. I'll bring some water, some Gatorade, some snacks, some food, but I want to make sure that I am 100% concentrated and focused on what's going on. Yep. Oh yeah. And that's, we, we talk about, we drive like nuts. We do, we, to get where we need to go, but you, you mean, drive like a fucking nut, but we, we keep it like if we're just down there, just riding around, like going places or yeah, something. Yeah, if if we're not in a dog race, we're, we'll keep it under 10, 15 mile an hour. We'll ease through the mud hole. We'll, you know, we're not down there just beating the shit out of something. It's to beat the hell out of it. Yep. So, one recommendation: if you ever, if, if anybody's listening to this and you're one of them, mm-hmm. this message doesn't want to come with us. If you're riding with me, either me or Jesse, if you see the windows roll up and the windshield wipers come on, that's when you need to start be holding on to the old shit handle. You better, you better be putting the seatbelt on. Yeah. So it's, I think we got Peter and Newt from Florida Camo. Yep. The owner from Peter. Peter, the owner of Florida Camo. Yep. And the Newt, his buddy, I seen him at the Camo show. At the Outdoorsman show. And they both said, we're coming to come run, you know, ride with you guys. And you got a couple guys. So we tell everybody, if you all want a, a beginner day, come ride with Shaner. My dad. Jonah's dad, Daryl. If you want the full experience right out of the fucking gate, you know, you might have a wrench in your hand by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I can't promise you anything, but if you want to be, if you want the full experience, you right. just come come hang out. We'll take some people hunting with us this year. I, I'm not against it. Now, granted, I'll have, you know, Cecily, the girlfriend. She's going to want she'll ride with us, yep. you know, here, there, and yonder. But Jonah's, unless he finds you some old road whore. <laughs> He'll be by himself for most of the hunting season, hopefully. I, mean, I ain't dealing with last year. No. But nope. we'll, uh, we got we got time. People want to come ride with us? We'll yeah. make room and we'll make accommodations and come hang out with us. We'll come ride. Come come see what it's like. Oh, yeah. you'll and Granted, Shane and Jesse, this both hunt, neither one of them has really dog hunted before. And... Those were two of my really good friends, and that's pretty much the only two friends that I've really brought down there with me. And granted, now both of them's got trucks. They got dog boxes. They've got GPSs. They've fully committed into it because they enjoyed going, and that's that's the thing. And most people that go down there, they're like, "Oh, I, I, this is way different than I ever thought. This is a lot funner. This is a lot more enjoyable than I ever thought it was ever going to be." And that's that's kind of I think a lot of people if they do come and ride, they're going to get a lot of a lot of different aspects on what goes on and they're probably going to enjoy it and granted you're going to have slow days that you're just going to be kind of sort of sitting around nothing's really happening just like you like i said before in the podcast that you're going to be just like you're in a tree stand you're not going to see nothing it's just going to be a boring day and a lot of times like if it's a real foggy morning with a lot of moisture in the air it usually hurts us a lot because of the the dogs can't smell it so much it's pretty much almost rain that night is how bad the fog will get on us so, it's fun. You mean uh, that's kind of breaks the, up the monotony of sitting in a damn tree stand. Yep. For hours at a time, because wait, the reason why Jordan likes it or RBJ likes it is because he don't have to be quiet. He don't have to be still. He just can't be out there fucking screaming and hollering. But he likes dog hunting because it involves dogs and involves hanging out with everybody. Yep. He loves hanging out with you and your dad and Shane and everybody, and you you can. 
you ain't you can sit there and talk and shoot the shit and you ain't worry about being still and stuff like that. So, so for young kids, it makes it phenomenal for them. But oh yeah, it, it'll. That's why he enjoys it, and like I said, it breaks it up to, you know, here coming, starting this coming weekend, we're going to be sitting in a damn tree stand trying to shake less than a leaf for the next two months. Yep, and that's us going to Georgia, sitting in a tree stand with a bow or a gun. That's our serious time to hunt. That's when we're up there trying to kill something. That's when we're really committed to shooting something. When we come down here and run dogs, yes, we're trying to shoot something, but that's the fun time for us. That's the enjoyable time. Granted, yeah, I enjoy going up there to Georgia and setting a tree stand. It's very, I mean, honestly, just to get away from all the riffraff down here, that's why I enjoy it. But just the true fun for us the hunting is us going down there. Yeah, I don't got to. If I kill a deer, like I've told Jonah, we, I've killed two deer in two years now. I'd like to see somebody else kill one. Yep. Him, Shane, you know, his dad killed one there two years ago what? that was a good deer. And that's what I wanted. That was one other story that I wanted to talk about. So, my dad has won the award for the best shot that I've seen. I ain't never seen it before. And I don't. I know. I don't think we're gonna be able to top it. And kind of a little bit of backstory of it. So it was the last day of the year that it was you, that afternoon. It was the last turnout. Yeah, we were going home after this. It was we were done for the year. And this was two years ago now. And. I was on the gray, what we call the gray. That's the main road that goes to it. My dad was on the big power line down there, and it was one of them day, like one of them afternoons. It was just what whole lot not happening. It was just one of the long just afternoons. All of a sudden, dogs got out there and jumped a deer, got deer up, and they were coming to me, but I had to move around the corner, so I actually turned the deer towards my dad. And I don't know how in the world he made this shot. I would say the deer was probably what 120, 150 yards. It was a if he was 150 yards, I got a 12-inch dick. So that son of a bitch was a long ways out there. I'm telling you now, I seen where from his truck to where the damn where we picked the damn deer up. That son of a bitch was 150, 200 yards. Yeah, because from power pad to power pad is through right generally right at 300 yards. And, and he, he was from pad to over halfway through that pad to the next pad. Yeah, so he was close. To, and my dad stand on top of his dog box, free handing. He's got a 270 pump like I do, and he. The deer was in some thick stuff. So the deer was like jumping, and he caught that deer on a downward of a jump, caught him right in the back leg. He got him right. It was behind the back leg in that soft spot, right before between the between the ham and the ribs. Yep. And the the bullet because he was full, kind of quarter or almost forty five and away, was long ways away from him, and went all the way through the gut, through the chest cavity, and come out the neck. Yep. And folded him up right there. And he calls on radio. He says, "I don't know if I hit him. I, I was on him, but I don't know if I hit him." And we're scrambling. Yeah, we're going tr- looking for him. Yeah. We're we're already two blocks ahead of the damn deer. Yeah. And he calls, "Oh yeah, he's down. He's down here. He ain't. He's down here in the bushes. I got him. Y'all come on around here. We'll get him." I come around there, and I'm like, "This deer ain't toting this off, buddy." Oh yeah, he was. So yeah, he he definitely wins up the best shot and I, I just don't i don't think it, it if you looked at the situation granted you mean it sounds good but if you were there like just the where the deer was at how thick it was and just, it was briar's head high yeah in the road and then briar's damn near head high on the other side of the road he caught him the first shot going across the road second shot was 
the upward bound on a downhill side of the second shot was going through the briars. He caught him. He probably pulled the trigger when the deer was going up and yep. hit him when he was going down. And the damn shot was unbelievable. And granted, the stuff that he's talking about, like Jesse said, the briars, honestly, if the deer was standing flat-footed, not just standing there, you'd have never seen the deer. You might have seen the horns out of him. Maybe. That's how tall that stuff was. So was damn big old briar patch on both sides of the road. Yeah. So I'll give him that. I, I can tell you I'm not topping it. I don't think you're going to top it. We're, no. You mean? I don't. I don't. That was by far. But it doesn't surprise me because him shooting that damn 11 point in Georgia last year was about the damn just of what he does. Oh, yeah. So, granted, that's it's a little bit off topic, but it kind of full circle. So, that's he makes shots like that. And it's if his, the deer is standing still at 60 yards broadside to him, he will miss the shit out of that deer every single time. Yep. So. A little side note is we on our place in Georgia, you've heard us talk about it on the podcast. We got that bigger food plot. It's like seven, eight acres. So it's, I mean, it's 200, almost 200 yards all the way across, straight across this thing. It's a pretty good ways. About 300 yards to the end of it. Yeah. So the deer come out walking down the edge and he panics thinking this deer's going to leave. Yeah. That's what he told me. He said, I panicked and shot at him. So he shot. The deer was like not even really walking at that point. I think he said deer pretty much stopped at that point, shot, missed him. Deer wheeled around. Instead of deer just going right in the woods right there, he decided he was going to make a U-turn and come across the big food plot. He shot at him out the front window, the second shot, running across. He had to pull his rifle in, go out the side window on the third shot, and shot at him about 200 yards running just full board broadside and shot hit him on the third shot and shot him right in the chest cavity. Folded him up right uh, 20 feet before he went in the woods. Yep. And he I only say 20 yards. 20 feet before he went in the damn woods, he Hit him. And then a deer went maybe 30 yards in the woods, and he, that was it. What do you mean? That's like, I was I told you I was going to tell you the story, but I'll make it quick. That deer I killed here behind the house last year. Yep. So I hunt there at the rye field behind the house. This is where I kill all my damn deer here at the house. I hunt the rye field. I hunt it at the damn gator. Got about three, three and a half acre rye field back here for the cows, but I plant it for the deer. I keep corn in the corner of it up there. I've had a pretty good buck on camera. Been back there hunting him. He comes out there before, way before dark, way before dark. He's out there milling around, milling around, milling around. I'm like, well, he gets up here, he gets broadside. He gets good and broadside, I'm going to shoot him. So, I'm like, all right. Now, granted, remember, this rifle field is covered in bob wire all the way around it. Five-strand bob wire all the way around it. Keeps cows out. It's just a rifle field. And I'm sitting up there in the gator, in the corner of the rifle field where I always sit, my little hole. He's up there. I'm like, well, he gets good and broadside. I'm going to get the gun on him. I'm going to level up on him, pull the trigger. He, I wait a couple minutes. It feels like 30 minutes. It's probably not a minute. Yeah. He gets up there. He does this thing, gets good and broadside. I'm like, all right. Oosh. Damn deer takes off. He starts running across the damn rye field towards me. I mean, dead towards me. I'm like, fuck, he's going to fold up any minute. He's going to get wobbly-legged. He's, I'm waiting on his damn deer to start slowing down. I'm like, fuck, he ain't slowing out. So I throw another damn bullet in the damn gun. I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. He gets right before he jumps the damn fence at me. He's coming dead to me. He's not 30 damn yards from me, coming straight to me. Right before he jumps the damn fence, I booze one more damn time. I'm like, fuck, I got an insurance. Because if he makes it across this damn rifle, field, he ain't hurt. Hell. And... He runs by me, and I hear him run by, 
he runs by me and behind me, and I hear him crash into the fence, mm-hmm. my neighbor's fence behind me, which is probably a good 50 yards behind me. And I'm like, all right, well, fuck. So I went home, got Porter, the dog, got my dad. I said, I killed it. I heard him crash. I don't know where he's at. He's behind me some damn where. I found good blood in the de- When I shot him in the rye field, when he jumped the fence, is when I found good blood. Before that, there was no good blood. Yep. So I shot him right there. I shot him full bore fucking running towards me. I'm like, all right, he's behind me somewhere. So I put Porter on him. Porter takes off across the damn pond over there going towards him. I'm fucking beating Porter's ass thinking he's doing something wrong. The whole damn time, the dog's right on the damn deer. I'm just being a dick to the dog. Yep. And Porter goes to him, goes to the damn fence, and I'm like, I don't know. My dad goes, there's blood on this damn fence right here. So I threw Porter's ass over the damn fence. Ten steps inside the damn fence, deer's folded up right there. Porter went to him dead on. Went over there, found him. I hit him in the top of the damn back on the first shot, above the back. Yeah. Hit him that damn high. And the only thing I can think is I hit the damn bob wire, shooting through the damn bob wire to him. But the second shot, because I hit him, I hit him right behind the shoulder, and it come out his last rib. Mm-hmm. And that's when he was running. He was running damn near straight at me. So that tells me I hit him right at that. I hit him right at, at the front shoulder, and it come out the last rib of him running at me, and it folded him up right there. And Porter found him. Granted, he was good buck. I'm happy with him. Probably one of the better hunts I've had behind the house back here. Yep. But I would have never made that damn shot if it wasn't for dog hunting. Dog yeah. hunting taught me how to shoot like that because I knew as soon as I caught them crosshairs, as soon as them crosshairs cut that first piece of hair, I pulled the trigger. And that's when it hit him in the damn... And like I said, he's only 30 yards from me. So it ain't like I was shooting across the damn pasture with him. So when that, when that crosshairs hit that... When that crosshairs hit that piece of hair, I... Boosh! Hit him. Like I said, I folded... I tore one lung completely out, tore the damn liver out, and it went out of his guts out the backside. And, and he bled, but it didn't bleed very good because the impact wound wasn't the yeah. exit wound. And so, but luckily I had Porter with me and Porter found him like it was nothing. And that's why I told Jonah, I said, we're going to take Porter with us every year this year. We're going to keep, we're going to pour it to Porter and make him a good trail dog. But if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for me dog hunting the last couple of years, it would have been hard for me to make that shot last year. Cause I kind of, I, in years past, I would have panicked. Oh yeah. I didn't panic. I just put another bullet in it. Reject the bullet back, put another bullet. When I got a good clear shot, I poured it to him. And like I said, he didn't go probably from where I shot him to where he folded it up, probably about 75 yards. Oh, yeah. And so a lot of people ask how, and I've been asked this too, if a deer's running broadside, how do you get on him, especially in thicker woods? And what I do, I do it a little bit different than a lot of people do. Some people do it like this. But what I'll do is, so if I know a deer's running across and like pine trees and bushes and stuff, what I'll do is I'll pick a spot out that I know is an opening that he's going to cross. And I'll get on get on the gun, I'll look over the scope, and then when he's almost there, I'll get back down in the scope, and when the deer's coming in the scope, I pull the trigger. And what that does is, because that's what I normally do until last year, two years ago, I shot the pine tree. And that's what will happen is if you try to follow that deer and you're like on him, on him, when you pull the trigger, you're going to hit a lot more stuff. If you get in that opening and let him come to the opening – you'll more or less you'll have a better shot and usually if he's out there 50 60 yards or more 
when he comes into your scope, you pull the trigger, generally you are going to hit that deer. That's what I did with that deer last year. Yeah. I could have killed that deer. When he come out of that bottom and come across that palmetto flat, I seen him. And it took a lot in me to say, wait till he gets to the... When he gets to the road, shoot him. Don't try to shoot him out there in this damn palmetto flat because he's out there just running through the palmetto flat. I'm going to hit everything in the damn road. Mm-hmm. And I even told myself, I said, he might stop in this road. Yeah. And so what I did is I seen the deer coming from a good probably 50, 75 yards away. And whenever I I had the gun on him, had a, had a gun on him, followed him, followed him, followed him. And whenever he got in that road, in that clear area, like Jonah said, whenever his... He was really close to me, so whenever his, when he, when his hair cut the crosshairs, I boosh, and that's when I hit him in the damn top of the back, mm-hmm. but I broke him down right there. But yeah. I waited till I got to a good clear spot before I, I almost panicked and started shooting. If I would have started shooting at him in the damn palmettas, oh, he'd come across that road like freaking. He would come across that damn road, and I would have been out there because the damn gun jammed again. Yeah. So luckily, I got it out. But he was already on the ground, so that's why you heard it pause between the damn guns going off. But it, it was one of the things of almost wait till he get to a good clearing before you pour it to him. Yeah, and I think, granted, that deer being so old, how we kill that deer, and it's, you, you can live life like this, that bad things will happen, stuff that's inconvenient will happen in your life, and it makes it more... In the long run, it's actually helped you. And I think, honestly, that day, my radio being messed up helped us in that. Because I can tell you, that deer, and deer know, they listen to trucks, listen to where they stop. They they know to where to go where trucks are not. And I feel you were so close behind me following me, you stopped and I continued on. And he heard my truck go all the way down there. Yep. He had no idea you were sitting there. Nope. And I think that's because he didn't come out of there like he was on a mission. He yep. kind of come out of there just kind of just bounding. He yeah, he was easing along. He had not a fucking clue that I was there. Yep. And he like I said, he ran thirty yards in front of my damn truck and never looked at me. Yep. He was just easing out of there. But yeah. So, well, I think we've kind of covered a lot of stories, covered a lot of informational stuff. Definitely, if anybody's got any other questions about it, um, we might try to do another episode. We'll definitely talk about more when we get into hunting season we'll kind of give people updates and stuff going on and we can bring up some more stories and then just tips and stuff when it comes to it when it during the time during hunting season but i think i mean we've covered the gist of it like i said if anybody's got any questions definitely shoot us a yeah shoot us a question yeah if anybody wants to come ride with us yep or come in or ride with us or shoot us a question Yep. Actually, I think we might have Peter and Nuke come one weekend in end of December, first of January, from Florida Camo. Yep. And they might come uh, come spend a weekend with us. But outside of that, I think Jonah's got one or two people that might want to come. But yeah. we both had the first nine days, mm-hmm. so we're gonna start hunting. I might. I got Jordan this year, so he might be our good luck charm for uh, first nine days. But shoot, like I said, there's a bunch of weekends in there, and there's a bunch of days where I. The way our current hunting schedule, our current work schedule is, if I bang out of there at fucking noon, Jonah, we're gonna come to the house and get our damn trucks and go hunt till dark. Oh yeah, and that's so, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing about run, hunting is you can, like 
my dad really benefits because he works he's a firefighter so he works 24 on 48 off so he don't get yeah. off till seven o'clock in the morning he couldn't go sit in a tree stand he's already it's already way too late for him to do that so what he does he comes home gets his dogs he'll go to the woods he can get down there about nine o'clock or so but he has the rest of the day to go down there and run dogs he's got two days yeah he runs that day and then the next day he can get up at daylight and go down there and stuff but yeah he that he loves that and that's he my dad, honestly, you I mean he loves going to Georgia. That's his. He loves being up there. He's a dog hunting man. But I can I mean, tell you now, your dad's a dog hunting. Yeah, man. he loves to run dogs, and I mean he's like I. I get it from him. He loves to go down there and listen to dogs run, and just it's if you if you grew up around it, and as much as I have, and the way he grew up around it and stuff, just listen to the dogs running deer. It's just pretty much like you know I mean there's no song in this world that ever competes against that to me. It don't matter how good a song you write, how good these artists are, you cannot compare to that. Yep. So that's kind of my take on it. But, well, we've been running for a while here. I, like I said, hopefully that was kind of informational. If you had any kind of questions about how we run dogs or if you had completely no idea, hopefully we kind of got the gist across to you. And like I said, if you mm-hmm. have any questions, shoot us over. We'll, we'll answer them if it's something that we can't text. Send us your number. I'll give you a call. We'll talk about it on the phone. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm good at talking to anybody. Well, I'll talk to anybody. It's a John's trait. I've been told this by work, by all the county inspectors, by everybody that knows this. It's a John's trait. I'll talk to any of damn buddy. Yeah. I don't give a shit. So, oh, especially when it comes to hunting or especially something like this that we're pretty passionate about that we'll we'll talk for days. Oh, yeah. That's why we got to Come this hang out. That's why I tell everybody, come hang out with us. I don't care. We'll <laughs> take old Huck from Emerald Creek and Logan, his wife, and we'll... Hey, they come to Georgia with us. Absolutely. We'll take our superintendent to Georgia. Come hang out with us. I'm not saying you're going to go there and shoot a deer, but come up there and experience the camaraderie, the family, the event. You know, come come do what you want. Absolutely. So, well, we've been running for a while now. Um, you heard the keyword earlier on. It was sprayer. Sprayer. Yep. So just one more time to go over that so everybody can enter to win the Florida Legacy stuff. And we will – We'll knock another one out next week. I know we, we've got a lot of recommendations for this one, so hopefully everybody enjoyed it and we got a lot of information out there. So if you can, give us a rating. Our ratings are going pretty good and going up right now. I mean, we're, we're gaining a lot of followers here lately and stuff, and that's another way, like with this giveaway that people are sending us in, we're gaining a lot of new followers per episode. You I mean, we'll get a lot of these consistent um, <clears throat> guests that entered into this. We've got a lot of consistency out of these people, and – You'll, um, yep. That's what I really enjoy is we'll have the same group pretty damn near close to the same group every week send us the keyword. And then, but we'll gain like a handful Two more. Two or three, four, five, ten. Every week. Every and, week of new people. And then they follow, then they keep going with it. So, so you mean, I, I, I enjoy that. I mean, it's a lot farther than what I've ever thought that it would ever be at this point. I mean, this is episode 26 and. We're just going to keep knocking them out. Um, we'll have one next week, another keyword, another giveaway, and we'll just keep giving stuff away and having fun with it. Ah, well, well, give her hell, Marcel. Yep. So we'll have next week, we'll have an update on how our opening weekend went in Georgia. We'll be really happy or really sad. Yeah. I don't know if we'll be really sad. We'll be able to get back. I don't give a shit. I, I can tell you now, I had a record year last year, and if I kill a deer this year, I'll be happy. If I don't, it just wasn't meant to be. Yep. The old good Lord above us makes all of our plans we just don't know yet yep no so. it's already written in stone we'll just we're, we're just, just living it yep we can 
we can try to make it the best of our ability and make it work the best of our ability but you I mean it's just kind of written in stone and we'll we'll go have a good time at it and if we shoot something we shoot something if we don't yeah, we'll if just i have kill good... something next weekend i'll be happy if i don't kill something i'll still be fucking happy yep so anyway well i appreciate y'all listening we'll um do it again next week like i said definitely go get us a rating check us out our instagram we're doing a lot of stuff on instagram while they're giveaway stuff and we'll keep knocking them out yep all right guys yep.